Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This week on the program, it's the feeling when you realize a 1996 Michael Keaton looks an awful lot like a 2020 Dave Matthews. It's Multiplicity! I'm Andrew Jupin. Andrew Jupin number two. Andrew Jupin number three. Andrew Jupin four. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, that's right. We are chatting about Multiplicity from 1996, directed embarrassingly by Harold Ramis. <laughs> two I in mean, a row, baby. Uh, what, uh, uh, two in a row what? The, it was this uh, it was after Stuart saves uh, his family. Oh, oh. I mean, this is a better movie than yes. Yes. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Sure. No I gotta contest. Go, you got to go back, check in on Stuart saves his family. <laughs> Have right? we ever told the the lost episode the, the true lost episode story oh you know i don't know but we can do it right here this is a good place to do it. we're talking about harold ramus movies it was me you uh andrew and sean did an episode on Stuart saves his family but for some reason we did it in your living room we usually did it at my place which was a dude apartment uh nobody cared about anything we did it at your place and like Chelsea was just asleep, and we had to like whisper the whole time. Yeah, it was in. So we're talking two apartments ago for yeah. me, one bedroom apartment. We had to do the recording in the living room. I don't remember. You know what's funny, Steve? I think part of it may have been we were like hanging out, and then it was yes. like you want to do an episode on Stewart yes, Saves' that's favorite because exactly we was. just fucking is, watched it. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it was an course, impromptu episode, a bad yes. idea. Yeah. Oh, totally bad idea. And we were super stoned. Or at least I was super stoned. We were probably all super stoned. So, so, <laughs> so Al Franken, right, dude? Yeah. Kevin, I'm not. I mean, you're fucking not off base, man. Because yeah, Chelsea was asleep, and we were all whispering to do this episode. <laughs> And then, like, the next morning, I was listening to it, and I was like, well, this is fucking not worth anything. <laughs> what and happened it... to that comedy career? I mean, you couldn't <laughs> Oh, man. And, and then he shows up, and he's like, ooh, damn, we have a little guy. Oh, God. Shit. I gotta go to the bathroom. You guys remember when we were drinking at the IFC bar, and a drunken Al Franken stumbled on top of Chris Cabin's back? No yeah. way. I guess I must I not have I wish I could have been there for it, but it's one of my favorite stories. Did he make a move? Well, <laughs> Oh. No, he a... slammed into my back like he was mankind. My <laughs> God, Chris Cameron is down. Al Franken's got Chris Cameron on the ropes. Oh, no, Al Franken's getting the sock. He's getting socko. Al you know Franken was completely wasted, <laughs> and he, like, hung out on your back for a minute. <laughs> And we were talking to him a little bit because it was a premiere. It was like a premiere. Or it was a yeah, the, of- 
I think it was the D.A. Pennebaker. God, uh, God spoke. Oh, yes. he did the he did the drunk lean on like, yeah. hey, you guys have to go that, yeah. And then he was so wasted that I was like, I can you know just talk to him for a second, and I shook his hand, which you know in retrospect I shouldn't have done because he's been <laughs> disgraced now, but um, hands like gravel. Really, yeah. really, really wow. tough, tough grip, <laughs> tough texture. I didn't expect it. Interesting. When he he slammed into me, man, it was something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a technical complaint about watching this movie. I rented this on uh, like Apple Movies, and I don't know what you guys watched it on, but the transfer was absolutely abysmal. I am usually the guy that doesn't notice that, but it's bad. I wrote I wrote it down. I I got it on Vudu. It is. B-A-D bad. Oh, yeah. it looks like shit. It always surprises me. And my, you know, my prior job at Showtime, I would have to check out movies like this. And it's like, why something from the 90s? I remember seeing Clear as Day in, I don't, I don't think I saw this in the theater, but they used to air it on television. And those no. transfers were good. And then they go back to the master to do a new one. And it's just rotted. Oh, yeah. I- I was here opening day, baby. Really? Oh, I, I was, saw this in theaters. I, I, I was a really? big Keaton head. It was yes. it was a big Michael Keaton thing, and I was like, oh, man. Fucking four Michael Keatons? <laughs> Give it to me right now. <laughs> That's the price of one admission? Yes, please. Dude, it's like my, seeing four movies at once. I am not kidding you. Me and my brother still quote this movie somehow. Really? What, what, what lines are you quoting from <laughs> the this The only movie? one for no reason. I'm sure he wouldn't even remember what this is from, but we're like, I love this coat. It's a great coat, and I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. but that's the line. You don't some, have, you something don't ever... with a barbecue? <laughs> that one, for quite some time, I was mm. saying out and loud. And now we're both going to be missing Campfire Girls. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I I was trying to remember. I don't think, because I, I definitely did not see this in theaters, and I don't think I'd ever, because it's a super big TV movie. Mm. This is like kind of a hangover movie par excellence. And I don't think until earlier this week when I watched it for this episode, I had seen this movie front to back all the way through. I think it was just like I caught it on TV and like had seen most of it and like, you know, knew all of the beats really. But like like these opening credits where it's like the multiple names and everything, which are also terrible, by the way. The opening credits. Did you notice that uh, it's got L.A. traffic in the opening to remind you people are busy, all right? Don't you not want to be in this traffic? And, yeah, as Steve, you sung a little bit there, the fucking slide guitar in this opening. And this is, it is that, you know what this is, and he had passed at this point when this movie was out, but Steve, this is still what you donned uh, one time, uh, Fat Guy John Candy music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Still making its way into these 90s comedies like this? This is definitely a leftover of Well, because this is very much, I mean, to me anyway, like Stuart Saves the Family Notwithstanding, this is the follow-up to Groundhog Day. Very much so, like, hey, look, high concept comedy yeah. uh, of a of an 80s guy that's kind of kind of still doing it and it's going to be high concept and Andy McDowell is going to be involved. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even put that together, but you're right. I'll be that honest. Is hilarious. <laughs> I'll be honest, I forgot Harold Ramis directed this until literally I watched like seeing mm. in the credits I was like, "Oh, really? Yeah, this is him." Was- 
No, it was Harold Ramis 2. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the asshole one of him who directed <laughs> The butch Harold Ramis. Right. Yeah. The one who did year one. <laughs> oh, that was something I saw in theaters at like the tail end of a triple. I was doing a triple dip at the old uh, Empire 25 in Times Square. Hmm. Oh, nice. And triple this dip. Was, yeah, dude. Three movies in a row. Back what? to back to back, dude. I did it. Uh, and this was the last one of those, and it was a real comic book guy. Ooh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> what were the first two? I need to know now. Uh, you know, that's a fucking great question, and I would have to... Like, I hated that movie so much, I would have to, like, reverse engineer, <laughs> like, the release schedule for 2009, uh, whenever that I'm, movie I'm, came I'm gonna, out. I'm going to crunch some numbers here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while, while we're here. So yeah, it, was, it was June of 2009, Kevin, so work your magic, and I'll see if I can get my brain in gear here. Uh, I, I will say one of them was the Zabruder film. That, <laughs> that makes retro. sense. Yeah. <laughs> retro. <laughs> uh, I do. I feel like you're you're lied to here because the beginning it's the, like we're talking. Look at L.A. traffic. You see Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton. You know it's all like all over the screen. And you see Andy McDowell a bunch of times. I'm like, well, I've now been promised Andy McDowell to- clones. You yep. Know, what the I'm, fuck? Yep. I'm shocked they didn't do that to like yeah. pair them off. Yes, that would make some sense. It would be like a fun ending. And like, she's never brought into it this entire entire life for a certain period of time has been a complete lie. And this fucking hero, hero husband character <laughs> is just like, that's good. Yeah, you know, I'll keep lying to my wife. You that- need you need the end of Mrs. Doubtfire when she finds out that he's Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, but she, she does she never does. No. This is like the Sally Field, like, well, I guess Mrs. Doubtfire went back to England. That was weird. Yeah, totally. Guess we'll never see her again. Hey, kids. All right. Mrs. Oh, oh, oh kids, I got a, I got a phone call. Mrs. Doubtfire died on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Robin Williams with a piece of wax paper over the phone. Yes, this is the hospital. <laughs> it's slowly sliding off. <laughs> I mean, this it's insane, too, because, like, we're watching this movie, and, like, it's so insane that he doesn't get any kind of comeuppance for this because he is an asshole throughout yep. this whole movie. Horrible. This whole movie, the Michael Keaton Prime, <laughs> the first one, is a complete and total asshole that never gets his. He doesn't. I mean, like, he lear- like you know, she breaks up with him, he gets fired. I guess that's what you're going to call, like, the catharsis of it. But, like, not really. You know what I mean? Like, not. Really? Yeah, I mean, she no. leaves for like an afternoon. Well, I guess it's a few days because they have renovated. We should I, maybe we should talk about the start of the movie. Maybe I'm just giving it all away here. <laughs> well, no, say your piece. It doesn't matter. It's multiplicity. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> well, no, it's just like she got like she gets mad at him without even knowing that multiple clones of him have been having <laughs> sex with her. <laughs> and then right. she just leaves for a weekend in Palm Springs and comes home, and she's just like, "Yeah, no, that's fine." What? And yep. she 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 suggests she went on like a, a she went in a roam like roamed out into the desert for some yes. time with the, to find her coyote I spirit think or something. That was the Palm Springs reference, I but like where her parents lived or her mother lived. No, he says, "How was the desert?" Yeah. I actually just rewatched this. Yeah. Today. Well, but how he, was the because Palm Springs is in the oh, desert. Oh, I guess. All right. I, I, but yeah. my guess was, but I'm not I, a true where, Californian, so I don't know. But her her father's house looks like it's in the Shire. Like well, it's not it doesn't yeah. look like a desert to me. Thank you for pointing this out, Chris, because her father, I believe, lives in Los Angeles, and I guess her mother. She took their kids to the mother, so her parents are divorced in this. I think. Do, do you know who's playing her father, and you don't you don't see a word come out of his mouth? I do, but you can go. 
the colonel from fucking Boogie Nights. <laughs> I do. Oh, my God. Wait a second. That is. Let me tell you how hilarious it is because in my notes, I just wrote the dude playing the father looks like the colonel from Boogie Nights and didn't even look it up. That is spectacular. The very next year, I believe he portrayed the colonel. Yeah. He's going, so maybe he's doing funny. it at the same time. That so, is so funny. We kind of start with it's him. He's he plays Doug uh, Kinney, not Doug Kenny. Uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt, yeah. but uh, do you do we want to do a little game here about what oh. Andrew saw? Oh yes, yes. I would love oh this. yeah, let's so let much me, more important than most. Okay, let me okay. let me try to jog the memory here. Okay, so one of the one possibility is a Woody Allen movie. No, that didn't happen. That well, what was the movie? Whatever works. No, that wasn't. I did see that in the theaters, but that wasn't part of it. I will say also, I, you're not just going by like the same thing on the opening weekend because I don't think it no, was no, three. No. Okay. Um, you could have seen a Sandra Bullock movie called The Proposal. No, wound up renting that later on. Have seen it though. That's the movie uh, where Betty White does an insane like uh, indigenous people's dance in that movie, and it's quite uncomfortable. Oh boy. I, I uh, forget so, it. Wait. Andrew, you saw these all alone, right? <laughs> no, uh, the pr- the proposal was oh oh the the triple feature yeah, yeah, films. Yes, 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 yes sorry, I, the triple I, feature films. I was all by myself. Sure. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we couldn't call a friend. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're not going to be able to call anybody. <laughs> um, let me think here. Uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. No, I dragged my poor wife to that at the Kaufman Astoria. Uh, the Hurt Locker. Uh, no. This wow. is like you are going way. Hold on. Well, what theater was this again? It was the Empire Twenty Five in Times Square. Oh, okay, so it, all all bets off. It could be anything. I thought maybe if it was the Cinema Village or the one, yeah, two, you could three, go. Yeah, it would no, be more I had, had twenty five screens. It was my fucking play place, you know. Because <laughs> uh, that theater, it's a shitty theater, but it is the easiest to just theater hop if you want to see multiple things. I believe that was the last theater I saw a movie in ever, because <laughs> it's not coming back, right? <laughs> okay. Was it Moon? Uh, no, the Moon I saw at the Burns because we played it. Uh, taking of Pelham one two three. That might have been one. Oh, Ooh, I like this. That that might have been one. Okay. Because uh, huh. that was definitely a lonesome theater experience. I remember. I Are don't we... know if you've seen. I, I saw either of these. Uh, the Hangover. Oh. No, I feel like that was a trip to Kaufman Astoria, though. Land of the Lost. I've Oof. not. I've not seen that movie. Ooh, that's, good for you. Uh, that's a bad one. <laughs> uh, Steve's Steve's favorite movie. Away we go. Oh, 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 away we go was definitely one oh, of them. Okay, okay. So it's away it, we. You saw away we go. Taking of Pelham one two three and year one is my guess. <laughs> Taking of Pelham one two three is the question mark one, but with, as soon as Cabin said away we go. It sprung right into my head. So away we go, and year one were definitely two mm-hmm. of them. Hmm. The only one, the fucking the- garbage dump with that piece of shit. <laughs> That's a Sam Mendes movie, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. And what yeah. was that? What was that about again? It's just like, oh, oh we're man, just, we're too rich to have kids. Pretty oh, much. Yeah. We're rich, and we just. I don't know if we had kids, would they grow up to be assholes or something? Oh no! <laughs> the answer is yes. First <laughs> yes. of all, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I ever saw that movie, but you know, you I could saw skip it. This is forty when it came out, and oh. I don't put put a fucking gun in my head. The whole movie's <laughs> problems is like, oh no, I might lose my mansion. Yeah. I stopped watching that movie because I was by myself and. 
I was drinking a little bit, and I started Robert De Niro la- in Cape Fear laughing when <laughs> it's, a, it's supposed to be an emotional moment. It's uh, they go visit Melanie Linsky and whoever plays her husband in that movie, and they're at like kind of like a go-go club, but it's like after hours, and she Melanie Linsky just starts going on and da- doing a sexy dance to uh, Velvet Underground's "Sweet Nothing," and the husband goes to John Krasinski's like, "Yeah, she had another miscarriage this week." <laughs> and just like I just started, and I was supposed to be like, "Oh no!" And it was just like the moment, the movement. It was fucking but hilarious. You're, you're talking about a way we go. I thought this was a this is forty scene. Oh no, I, no, I no, almost no, lost no. my mind. I thought the same thing. Also. Apologies. Uh, I, I, I mixed was it up. that was that the Jim Gaffigan character, Steve? No, it was just some other. I, I'll have to look up who plays her husband. Jim Gaffigan is in that movie, but as somebody else. Okay. Uh, Cabin, if you get some others, let's uh, throw it out there. But I will say to get us back on uh, track here with multiplicity, here's another thing. If you have uh, this one beloved figure in your movie, uh, if you have Eugene Levy in your movie, one, he needs to be in it more. But two, you need a full mustache on this guy. I don't appreciate this fucking <laughs> pencil thin Groucho Marx mustache. I liked it. It's like very pervy. He seems like a pervy character it's, that never comes into play. It, but yeah. I feel like maybe there's a deleted scene of him being pervy. Right. Guy. He, he looks like Jewish Gomez Adams. <laughs> yep. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. It's just very unsettling, well, especially it, when you're thinking about the thickness of the eyebrows versus the thinness of that mustache in this movie, it was unsettling. It is a very, I mean, and you're right, though. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the beef, one of my biggest beefs with the movie is like, you have this great supporting cast, and they do nothing. They do Absolutely nothing. nothing. And there's great people. I, I, I always love when Richard Mazur shows up in something, and he's yep. basically on a, on the telephone once or twice. Yep. yep. Uh, John it. Delancey as like his sort of... Uh, competitor in the workplace, right, coworker the, guy, the rival that's trying to get the, get get one up on him, and it's just like then we give all of that workplace stuff that was I don't know that could be interesting a competitive nature with John Delancey that's moved on to a clone that we don't watch. You, you get you get <laughs> one scene with Oba Baba Tunde. Yes. Like, yeah, like literally one scene, and it's not even like he's supposed to be a character, and he's listed in the opening credits, which For is sure. insane. He's got like three lines yeah, in this movie. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. You well, demo guess... the wrong driveway, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Picard! Looks like you dug up the wrong holes this time. If the Federation's giving away driveways, maybe they'd want to pave one for the board. <laughs> So yeah, they're like it's a it's a contracting business that they all work for. Michael Keaton's got the obnoxious license plate of King Twelve. Oh, okay. Uh, and so yeah, they they're doing this job where Eugene Levy and the crew have torn up the wrong driveway. It's oh, actually, be... I, I now understand why that license plate is what it is because the guy Richard Mazur plays Dell King. Oh, so that's like a company car. It's yeah. a King One Two. Whatever. Okay. Oh, gotcha. I thought this was like another reason to hate Michael Keaton's character in this <laughs> There's movie. There's enough. There's enough. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, so you, you, there's a little bit of business here where like the, the wrong driveway is torn up. We're arguing about who's going to pay for it, who's going to do the time to do it. Is anyone getting fucking overtime to make the mistake? So on and so forth. And you get just like a little insight into his like office life because we go back and like Richard Mazur's fucking yelling at him about it and John Delancey's kind of like slinking around like oh he fucked up again eh Picard I'm gonna step right in I'll be King 12 Ugh. I'm King 13 Picard I'll be King 12 by Christmas John, exactly. John I gotta ask why do you keep on calling me Picard <laughs> oh Picard looks like you never watched a little show called Star Trek The Next Generation Picard whoops Del can you talk to him 
Dale, could you talk to him a little bit, please? He does this thing where he's like, you know, at my old job, Picard, they say, if you don't come in on Saturday, don't bother coming in on Sunday. And then uh, Michael King goes, we will not work weekends, Q! We are not your puppets to come in seven days a week! (laughs) If if I was a nerd working at a, a Star Trek nerd specifically working at like a drive-thru and I was quitting, the way I would get fired would to be to start at talking to every customer like John Dillon, like you, oh, yeah. like to Picard, just be yep. like, oh, you want the chicken sandwich, do you? <laughs> what are you uh, going to do for me for that chicken sandwich? And you also have to be calling every customer Picard. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, Picard, you're, you're, you're a monkey going to chew on a supersized meal, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you humans are all alike with your spicy nuggets, Picard. <laughs> oh, of course you'd be into barbecue, Picard. <laughs> Oh man, a oh, large Coke, eh, Picard? Don't you want to make it a diet? I can. I got a camera in this fucking thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, so basically, the idea is like he's like, and it's a fine little work dynamic. Like uh, Richard Mazur is a real dick boss. Uh, Delancey is this kind of sniping coworker that wants to take his slot, and you know, and like Michael Keaton's stuck in the middle. That's like, but it comes to sort of nothing. You don't because yeah. there's so you much more at those... stake here. Because on top of it all, he's got this like, you know, family that he's also been ignoring because he's you know working so hard and blah blah blah. And so his <clears throat> wife is Andy McDowell, and they have two kids, a uh, boy and a girl. There's a move here when uh, Michael Keaton gets home from work, and I don't recall. I think the I think Andy McDowell's like, oh, you know, go wash up for dinner or something. You guys catch this cool little slide move that the little son does right here. Like he's no. like, oh boy, dinner, and he like he runs to like the back of the set, and the kid just kind of like does a cool like slide on the floor to like take the corner in the hallway. <laughs> uh, it, I was, that. it was this. It's just like this little joyous like I'm in a movie, yeah, it's like slide across the floor. But you risk see how business. You, how you're describing his children. You don't know their names. You don't know what they yep. want in yep. life. You don't know anything about this family, <laughs> despite the movie being about a guy getting clones so he could spend more time uh, with them. Uh, and we know more about John Delancey, which is nothing. We don't know anything about him. All I know about the kids is they love to call each other duty head. Yes. That's oh, about sure. the extent of what I know about them. Well, I was calling you duty head to like 10th grade, <laughs> Kevin. Well, sure. But like I was calling you back. We had a little repartee there. But like, and, or, and he plays football. He plays a little uh, football. That's a thing that gets fucking dropped is there's a yeah. there's a story thread here where like Michael Keaton Prime is like at the football game and it's the classic like the 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 dad as the coach is fed up and it's like you think you can do better now you're the coach and we never see this kid play football. Again. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think Michael Keaton dissolved the team when he got that <laughs> responsibility. That that scene has the weirdest joke of the whole movie. Uh, some random person, uh, it, the, the main coach is a lawyer, it turns out, and somebody in the crowd is like, oh yeah, what, did what, you defend the Rosenbergs? A weird, oh, that's, that's weird. That. At, like a dig, and I'm like, what is the, the 1950s, are you Lenny Bruce? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Wait, someone in the crowd just yells that at Michael One Keaton? One of the parents is yelling at the coach. The, the guy coach, is, oh, yeah, okay. the coach is a lawyer. Who is a and, lawyer. And oh, the, I got it. And in response to that, somebody's like, oh, what'd you do? Re- defend the Rosenbergs? I'm like, Jesus Christ. 
put my son in right now or you defended the Rosenbergs. So I, I guess because he's a defense attorney. If Got he was it. a prosecutor, they'd be fucking licking his shoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Andy McDowell's all peeved because Michael Keaton missed some fucking Girl Scout ceremony or something. Campfire yeah. girls. <laughs> Campfire girls. Is that a real thing? Or is no. it like we just couldn't license Girl Scouts? I think that's what it's about. But yeah, she comes home from work and she's like, Oh, you missed kids graduate. I didn't even fucking write down what the name kid, is. Kid number two. Yeah, you missed kid number two's graduation. And he was like, um, wait, campfire girls? And then there's talk about brownie. So is brownie is an illusion? So what I don't even know what's going on because they only have the two kids, right? Yeah. Well, the, I think Brown, the jo- brownies are are like little girl girl scouts. Okay. The, the joke is like, oh, he's like I didn't miss campfire girls, honey. I'm a brownie. Like, uh, you know, oh, LOL, I'm not sure. in, okay. I'm not in this Con- other conflict of interest. That campfire girls. <laughs> campfire girls is a real thing. What? Oh, is it? Yeah. What no. is it? I just it, I'm looking it up right now. Really? Is it like girl scouts? Yeah, it, it's it, it looks similar. Campfire, formerly Campfire USA and originally Campfire Girls of America, is a co-ed youth development organization. There you go. Right, they probably they do great that? work. Yeah, yeah. What are they, they uh, start fires. Yes, <laughs> all over this great nation, well, teaching women how to be arsonists. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because now people can stop fucking tweeting. Put it there. There you go. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I, but yeah. So like, also we should talk about their house. They live in squalor for some reason, and it's never really clear to me what that is. Bought, and I guess I think go. he bought a fixer upper type of thing. He's like, I'm a contractor, yeah. honey. I could fix it, whatever. But then yep. he's only focused on building these shitty condos for Richard Mazar. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. Every time I watch House Hunters, the guy is just like, "Oh man, yeah, let's do this. I'll just reno this and rent." I'm like, "You're never gonna do that, dude." Dude, I just you know that show is in a little bit of rotation around the homestead here, and every fucking single time it is like start it. the clock to divorce with these people. <laughs> exactly. Like oh, there was one the other day. I almost pulled my hair out. It was a couple where like. They weren't engaged yet or something, and it was like, we're going to buy this house together to take the next step. And I was like, you're both fucking crazy. One of you is sleeping in that empty pool in the backyard. Three weeks into being in that house with the huge hole in the middle of the living room, yep. the husband's going to start saying, it, it gives the place character. <laughs> yeah, it opens it up yeah, a little yeah, bit. It's, we got more room this way. What, what, what's your problem? We could go right to the bathroom this way. I, I will say they do have kind of a nice house. Uh, uh, it needs to be fixed up, but it's kind of like a Doc Brown LA yes, house. Yes, it yeah, yeah. definitely is a Doc Brown California house, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, but her, yeah, her whole beef is like, uh, we've been living in this dilapidated money pit for ages now, and you haven't done anything about it. And like, so that is the whole like uh, crux of this movie. The you know the whole inciting incident is like Michael Keaton doing a lot of work to try to make enough money to support the family. Yada yada yada. Andy McDowell at this point in the movie is still a stay at home mom. We'll get to how he acts like a complete piece of shit about that in a few minutes. Yeah, um, but like that's that's the whole thing. Is like God, when am I gonna have time for my family? And that's kind of the next thing. She's just like, oh, you know, so and so offered me a job back at the real estate company, and he just starts freaking out on her. He's like, well, we can't do that. You know, I'm barely home now. Now no one's go- no no one's gonna see Campfire Girls, and he like <laughs> slams this plate. It's like, holy, yeah. what does this turn to a Cassavetti's movie? And, and dude, it turns Cassavetti's right quick in this movie. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I had to watch this movie once and a half because I lost power during it. So oh, on my geez. second viewing during this scene, when he does that, he walks over to his tool chest yes and there was a fucking mallet there he starts to grip and it's like i'm gonna kill my wife (laughs) my god 
I he didn't does. notice that. I saw it twice because I saw it earlier this week. We pushed this back, so I, I wound up watching it again like five minutes ago. Yeah, I noticed it the second time, too. He grabs that mallet fucking Jack Nicholson style. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Gina Rollins comes out and brings her to the other room to fix her makeup. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Michael Keaton. If you're going to yell at your wife, you know, you got to yell at your wife. You can't pick up a fucking mallet, man. This should, this yeah, pick up a cold beer instead. Pick, pick up a cigarette. Did you pick it up or did you just grip it? If you just gripped it, it's fine. As it's long as you fine. didn't take it out of the toolbox, that's it's all right. Fine. You just put your hand out and just stroke your mallet. That's it's, all right. It's fine, but you, once you pick it up, you got to go. You got to go, buddy. He has some crazy line, too, where he screams. I think this is him. Screams out, my whole life's an emergency. <laughs> yeah, dude. Jesus, man. <laughs> He's not having a good time. And then he just goes, whoa, sorry, honey. Call the exorcist. I don't know who that was. I'm like, nah. Oh. That means, like, call the fucking hotel because that's where you're sleeping. <laughs> totally. Call fucking Ma in Palm Springs, dude. Out to the desert you go. Uh, so the, the big turning point in his life is they're doing a, uh, for Richard Mazur's contracting company, they're doing a gig at the totally unexplored Gemini Institute. Oh my God. We get a quick establishing shot, like an interior one where we see like, there are fucking animals in cages here. It looks like fucking gremlins too. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking it was, um, what is that? Uh, what's the Lance Hendrickson movie we did? Uh, Man's, Man's Best, Best Friend. Friend. Yes. Yeah. Similar yeah, yeah. sort of like scientific facility going on. On here maybe a little bit of lawnmower man with that monkey oh yeah totally this is not <laughs> as dystopian this kind of like looks like the institute from like twins like where sure. they make the, they... the 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 twins wait <laughs> oh the institute oh. from twins where they make the twins yeah that's right oh that's right because twins isn't just like they're twins there's like some weird yeah, like perfect. biological thing really I yeah they're, they're perfect this. There's Again. some horseshit science fiction in that movie too. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie that like goes off. It's it's definitely a stay tuned, but it's a movie that goes. There's like way more to it than you would expect or want. Yeah, can you movies. believe this, Danny DeVito? I've been made out of horse cum and you a donkey cum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my donkey cum brother, Danny DeVito. Come along, donkey cum. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you might have guessed, I'm made out of donkey cum. Uh, Arnold over there, that's a big stallion cum. Yeah, look at that. He could he could rend the triple crown with that cum. I'm horse coming at the gym. <laughs> I'm horse coming at home. Dude, speaking of Arnold and horses, we we should give an update. We've been loving Arnold in quarantine with the mini horses. Oh, for sure. Now Arnold has this huge dog that is making friends with one of the horses. What a spectacular existence. Named Dutch after yep. his predator character. I mean, I nothing's better than that. It's so fucking awesome, dude. He said that dog is like, like this. I think he's got, he accidentally adopted a wolf because <laughs> he had some, uh, it was like an Instagram post or a tweet where he was like, yeah, he has Dutch, of course, named after my character from Predator, of course, a classic film. Uh, but yeah, he is uh, 10 months old. He's already 200 pounds. I was like, holy shit, dude, you adopted a full on werewolf. I, I that's think that's right. the first dog to come out of the Twins Institute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this is his friend Predator. And now I'm going to have dog fight on Instagram. <laughs> That'd be a, quite a turn. It'd be less cute if you did that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so there's some like incident in the the construction zone here. A pipe bursts. Everybody's fucking flipping out, and Michael Keaton has to like take a break from it all. So he goes outside to like, I guess it's the smoking area of the Gemini Institute, where he runs into a man who has every reason to be in at least eight to ten scenes of this movie. Harold Harris Yulin. One and 
John Cena here with this guy. Should be the third in the credits. Yes. Like, it, he's an important character, and he. this is it. This is the only scene we get with him. Well, it's, the, the, he, it's, two, it's three. It's this scene. I mean, the, the next sequence. Scene, yeah. Yeah, 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 sequence. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nuts. He needs to come back towards the end and be like, well, hmm, clones aren't working out the way you thought, huh? Oh, so, yeah. If you uh, dial this number into a phone, it uh, makes them drop dead immediately. <laughs> I brought back the Scaleric <laughs> We give him the chair again. <laughs> Gave the chair to Scaleri 1 and Scaleri 2. Oh, man. You know, just... I forgot. I will say great thing here, a uh, little costume department thing. Harris Eulin wearing his spectacular bow tie as the scientist. It's a really solid scientist bow tie. He looks like Professor Frank. It's we, great. We well, this, do get another Harris Eulin as well, so that's fun. Oh, that is right. The sure. double Harris Eulin. I mean, the thing is, the way they play this, at least in the beginning, it's like super Faustian kind of a thing where it's just like, want me to change your life? And it's yeah. like, this, you know what I mean? Like, it's this weird, like, He's it's almost magical. And I think that's the problem is like with Groundhog Day, there is that magic to the movie that's never explored, but it's kind of cool because you're just kind of living in it. Well yeah. that's but the kind this, of thing where like if sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, but in this it's like it's really specific, but right. also magical, but not specific enough. Well, you know that's what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. Because the difference here is like with Groundhog Day, if they attempted any kind of explainer, it destroys it. But in mm-hmm. this movie, like the cloning thing, like it's a process. Yes. It's like it's presented as a scientific process. So like I got to see what that shit is besides this, like, Michael Keaton dummy that you see for two seconds, like, Demolition Man style. Oh, yeah, and his dick is, like, taped to his leg and shit. Mm -hmm. He's covered in goop. Well, we see with the goop, this is a a purely bump situation (laughs) um, when he comes out of the goop. But, like, I would believe this more if he was, like, he's, like, crazy neighbor. Like, (laughs) I don't quite buy this as this huge institute where he's... I mean, he's got like this creepy smile, like Robert Crumb's stringy brother. <laughs> it looks pervy, but I get what Robert, you're saying. Hold on, I'm sorry. I just need a moment for Robert Crumb's stringy brother because that's perfect. It's quite great. I see what you're saying as like a, maybe more of a Back to the Future thing. This crazy guy next yes. door has this shit going and, on in the basement, and it would make more sense because we're about to talk about the mystery that is the payment system or whatever yeah. the fuck is going on barter system. Because yeah, he takes he's like, well, I can change your life, and he brings him in, and he kind of like Michael Keaton. It's a fun joke where he's like almost talking to a psychiatrist, where it's like he's laying down. He's like, yeah, my you know my my job is first, my family's second, man. And I'm a distant third, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of is this thing where, like, a Harris Eulen clone comes in in a Hawaiian shirt, which rules. Yeah, it does. I and don't think Harris Eulen has ever been that casual in his real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he do- he has a line where it's, like, it's, it's right here in the whole, like, fake psychiatrist scene. Because he says, like... Uh, you know, well, I'm not a psychiatrist or something like that. And then so Michael Keaton's response to that is like, well, what do you do? And he goes, make miracles, create time, <laughs> ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. Michael Keaton starts falling asleep. And then he finally goes, I make clones. <laughs> yeah, just like, I, most, all right. I mostly make them for the human trafficking industry. <laughs> <laughs> they bring someone here. I clone them a 50 times and we have an underground system throughout all the major metropolitan areas. I, I'll be honest. I kind of ended human trafficking. Cause now it's all clone trafficking. <laughs> I call the system Wayfair. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, see, now it would be illegal to put a cigarette out on a child, but a clone <laughs> child doesn't exactly 
exactly have those rides. Now, you see, we start pizzerias here, see? And they, 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 we run them right through it. It's a, a gate, a, a pizza gate, you might call it. <laughs> Named it after my favorite thing growing up, ping pong. And comets. <laughs> I run them through the gate, also known as a pizza gate. Absolutely fantastic. I do love, I mean, so yeah, he's a... He, the, his, Clone Yulin comes in and it's, they, it explains. It's very much Jurassic Park. That hurt John. It don't. Kind of, yes, it totally is, dude. Although I will say, unlike the John Hammond clone, I would split a picture of margaritas with this Harris Yulin. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? Oh yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. You're just like sitting out somewhere, like on the beach. A couple of stogies going. <laughs> picture of Margs. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But be aware, he's gonna ask you to fuck his wife. Yep. Yep. Guaranteed. Be 100% Guaranteed. Be aware. Just be ready for it because yeah. it's going to happen. Four of me are joining in. <laughs> uh, what you're describing is the Brian Doyle Murray character in this film, which well, we'll yeah. get to oh, later. Oh, 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 yes. Swinger Central. My swinger alarm is going but off. Also, see, that's a character that doesn't need to exist either. No, like, no I like not him. at all. I like him as a performer, but like the, sure. the avenues this movie goes goes down is just use these are useless it, it avenues. It chooses to go down these avenues, yeah. Because I mean, it starts like again this first like forty five. I would say like if this movie was just about the uh, Michael Keaton and this one clone and the things they get into, yep. it's a movie I would like. Yeah, it's because that, that's more than enough. It really is more than it enough. it would be more interesting. They give that first clone a lot of agency. He's like, it's like, if it's like, oh man, if it's like, if you never got married, you'd be this kind of scummy, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, you can yep. kind of see par like thematic parallels, and sure. then they go into like mealy mouth gay jokes and mealy mouth disability jokes for the right. last hour of it, and it's like, yep. don't and, do that. And, and then it, also, those avenues are like. I'm a rich white guy, so I'm going to try to get some golf in. I'm going to yes. try to learn how to sail with Brian Doyle Murray <laughs> when I'd rather be watching the clones have sex with your and, wife. All, <laughs> and, all the, and all the setups are super sitcom-y. Yes. Like, there's oh, nothing really time. very interesting about it. It's all stuff that you've seen a thousand times that, before. That's a great point. This would be a better as a sitcom. I understand the cloning, like, the, the effects of multiple Michael Keatons would be a lot to pay for for a sitcom. Yeah. But the setups of this is very sitcom. And I will say, just to, again, just I, I want to try to do this, like, we're at the tail end of season 10 year. It's been almost a decade of doing this show, but I'm finally at a point where I'm, I'm trying as much as I can every episode to say something nice about each movie. And I will say, in this movie, one of the things that I think is, it's not perfect. I mean, it's 1996, so we're doing the best we can. But the interactions with the clones, yeah. as far as things, like there's one yeah. shot, there was one shot that totally stymied me. I, I had no idea how they did it, where it's it's just like total single take, like Michael Keaton, one sits down, and he puts a glass of water on the table, and then the other one picks it up and drinks out of it. Yeah, And it's all fluid. It all looked really good. They probably just like superimposed his face or something. So like the, the clone stuff here for 1996, especially uh, really, really played nicely. Still, very good, very good, all the way around. And yeah. I do think that like Keaton brings it. You know what I mean? He like, does. All, yeah. he all four does. of them have different energy. You know what I mean? Like I will get to the la we'll get to all three in a moment. But like the first one, really specific, and the other two are very broad and kind of shitty. Um, but like they're you you buy like these are different characters with different wants and feelings and emotions, kind of a thing. 
Right, exactly. Uh, so he uh, agrees on the spot to have this procedure. There's so, there's some funny business with Michael Keaton freaking out that he's going to be like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, which is kind of nice. But he very specifically asks Harris Eulen, like, what does this thing cost? And oh, both, right. And both the Harris Eulen clones look at each other, knowing smile, smash cut. We don't know what. Like, I need it. it you could tell me it's $10,000. You can tell me it's $100,000. Yeah. You can tell me it's a million dollars. I believe all three. You could also tell me it's free because it's experimental and you're a yes. guinea pig for this guy. But then later on, the two other clones clone themselves to make the fourth one, and they say they got a great deal on it. So it so makes me think there is a monetary value. He's charging him something. I mean, like, and also, like, how rich are you that you got all this clone money sitting around? All right, Joe, you want to be, be cloned, you got to have sex with me, 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 and my wife. That's <laughs> oh, honestly, I think the price you pay, dude, is sexual favors. I would have okay. to be. I don't understand this otherwise, because the money actually would be a huge hang-up for me, because he barely can keep this house together. Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. Like, he's bitching about having to work all the time, this, that, and the other thing you need the overtime and whatever else like so if he was all of a sudden dropping 50 grand on a clone like that doesn't make any they sense. make him very specifically upper middle class and he should be super rich it should be like oh you know your classic junk bond scenario he's at the office all the time big high-powered lawyer he doesn't mm -hmm. have enough time for you yada 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 he's got clone money then then that and, makes sort of sense right, yeah. and andy mcdowell is playing the kind of partner who is like checking finances very clearly if yes. you fucking take fifty thousand dollars to pay <laughs> exactly. for another you she's going to notice i'll Anyone? tell you what the first one is free i keep your dna and suddenly i'm cutting the legs off of a michael keaton in my basement <laughs> for fun yeah he keeps the specs <laughs> oh he that's has the specs for all of the people he clones oh he fuck there's a great uh like totally disgusting spin-off of this movie is Harris Yulin's character is keeping the blueprints for yes. Michael Keaton and then he's making like a hostel business out of it <laughs> and <laughs> it's all these fucking creep murder tourists are coming in. That'd be great or like he makes a whole town of fake people or something. <laughs> oh fuck like, yeah. I was, I was thinking maybe he goes, Michael Keaton's at a restaurant he's not having a good time, he goes back like, what's going on in that kitchen and it's all Michael Keaton's <laughs> right in the kitchen. <laughs> there is a way, like if you weren't trying to make this a semi-innocent you know, innocuous Harold Ramis '90s comedy. Yes, you could put a really dark Twilight Zone twist on well, all of this, and I gotta sure. tell you right now, it's a way better movie. I, yes, yep. I think it would be a better idea, even to like, how about both him and Annie McDowell are offered this, and like they both get cloned, and like they do have to like negotiate how time is going to be spent. Right. Like as free time versus how working, taking care of the kids, all that stuff. And like having to deal with that kind of relationship. But this is all just about Michael Keaton vamping with himself. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. If it was a if it was a like communal thing, like with the couple doing it together, because that's sort of stuff that it the movie tries to explore, but it can't get over that threshold because it's all just Michael Keaton dealing with himself and because he's keeping it a secret. I think you make it easier on the storytelling and more interesting with the storytelling if he's at least open. Like, maybe you don't clone Andy McDowell also, but at least she's in on it. Yeah. Or or learns of it early enough in the movie where it matters sure. as opposed to not at all. And that gives her something to do in this movie. Because, again, she, I, I don't think she's terribly good in this movie. She's much better in Groundhog Day because at least she's like, I'm a reporter. I hate this guy. I'm stuck in this town. Like, it's a real specific, yep. like, and she's got her own agency in that. And in this one, she's just like, she's got a rolling pin in her hand the whole movie. Not great. <laughs> she's she's like of, a Mrs. Andy Cap in this we, movie. We, we, yeah, we, we, she's a stereotype mom type of thing. 
We don't even get to see her really do much real estating. Like, it would be yes. interesting to see, is she good at, like, her work? Does she like her work? Like, that doesn't really come up except for as, like, uh, arguing points when he's like, no, you should just quit your job. God, I can't. I still just cannot get over those arguments of this movie. It made me hate this fucking character so much that, like, any time the movie attempts in any small way to make you feel for him, I was like, nah, dude. Well, he's totally nah. selfish. I mean, it's one thing if it's just like, oh, I wish I could make this work, but I can't. I just want to go jerk off. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> that's my entire fucking. Yep. Well, also, that's what I would do. Like, literally, I would be like, that would be my. It was like, I'd be, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't go sailing. It'd be like, I'm playing Street Fighter 2 and jerking it's, off literally all the but, time. But totally. It's, but it's so much worse than that because it's literally the reason he has to get a third one is because. He isn't able to go golfing for two days. Yes, yeah. essentially in the in the math of the, the the movie itself, it feels like two days have passed, and he's like, "Well, fuck it." I mean, she's got to quit her job. I've got to get another clone. Clearly, if I'm going to get a fucking nine holes in, <laughs> uh, he gets cloned. We do see, yeah, there's a goop monster. I mean, I don't understand why he needs to be anesthetized at all because just they take his blood. And all the stuff happens outside of him. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I think not... Harris and Harris Yulin was just getting some fun pumps in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got it. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, you're totally right, Steve. It's like you can get the DNA from the blood. So what the fuck else do you need? They're it, like xeroxing him, kind of with a green laser light. But even still, that doesn't. You know, it's an X-ray. You don't need that for. You don't need to be out for that. It's, right. It is ridiculous. And then when the clone comes out, he's just like, "Well, you take it from here. Good luck." You know. <laughs> Like, totally. Thankfully, there's, there's... thankfully, he's got a fucking separate apartment above his detached garage. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he is making these clones live up there like Arthur Fonzarelli when he's got to move in with the Cunninghams. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane that you're just hiding clones in your dilapidated garage. Like, that could just be your place. You know what, Michael Keaton? Here's the thing. You don't even need a clone, man. If you were on just like on the weekends, I'm going to fucking fix up my house. You get that garage fixed up. That's daddy's fucking man cave kind of sure. thing. You can go play Street Fighter and jerk off there all you want <laughs> and you don't even need a clone but, yeah but the fact that this is on the property and no one notices the yeah. you know andy yep. mcdowell doesn't notice the kids don't notice the kids should walk in on the clones and then you know be like oh you just had a dream or something well i think the the way that the screenplay gets around that is i think you're supposed to take from the house um still being under construction that like that area is like totally off limits because it's not like Safe or whatever. Safe or yeah. finished. Yeah, there's like plastic sheets. You Lots know, of rusty it. nails, it looks like. <laughs> Not yeah. Good. So he wakes up, um, and it's actually, this is weird. Like, again, it's almost a lot. You could do a good psychological, and it could still mm -hmm. be funny, but like weird psychological trauma thing because he's like, well, I'm not the clone. I'm me. And it's like, well, no, you are the clone. See this weird tattoo behind your ear? Yes, which never comes to anything <laughs> I, ever again. It, it looks like Harris Yulin at like the very end of the surgery is like, oh, crap. Takes a sharpie and just puts <laughs> like it's. It looks really shitty. He he doesn't remember which is which. Like shit, I was full. Uh, uh. That is the creepy thing, and that's why like it's weird that you don't know anymore about this procedure because clearly it's not just a DNA thing, like we were saying, Steve. Because these clones all have the exact amount of memory yes. that Michael Keaton had, like right up to the point that they did the procedure. Yeah. That's insane. Another. But, like, that kind of just falls by the wayside a little bit when the um, 
what was it, number three, the, the effeminate one, um, right. has to go to the job site. Suddenly, he doesn't have any basic construction yep. knowledge. Yep, they totally forget the rules that they set up for this. And, like, I even think there is some line where they're, like, one of the clones says, like, I think two, who's, like, the working, tough, gruff one, yeah. says to three, the effet one, like, how did you forget all this or whatever? And he's like, well, I don't know. I was just under a lot of pressure. And it's like, yeah. no, if you're telling me at the beginning of this movie that it's the same fucking person, then these personality clashes don't really make any sense. And you need to fucking well, figure that maybe, out. Maybe it's written from the point of view, which is terrible, that, like, uh, you know, effeminate men or women couldn't handle the, you know. I think that's, right. that's kind of what we're. That's kind of what we're doing it I would think. have to be it's it would have to be shit. like <laughs> but i need so here's the thing though then you need a scene where after michael keaton realizes that this number two is like a gruff like totally uh tunnel vision like work only thinking kind of creation he needs to be like hey harris Eulen, i'm kind of like still a fun loving dad why is this guy an asshole yeah and if it's just a thing where like harris Eulen's on the phone with him like oh well you see sometimes personalities can come out in the club and like just whatever yes. just fucking spaghetti explain <laughs> it to me it doesn't matter at all but like you gotta have some explanation for why like they bother to do it with four because they have that copy of the copy thing and that was in the trailer and the whole thing. But like, why the fuck is one this like a fet kind of character out of no? It's insane. I'll do you one better. Why aren't they talking about their past ever? We yes. know nothing about him really, right. other than what is currently happening to him. Like it, it that the all these you know it would be interesting if you know the uh, two remember something that Prime doesn't. Yeah, right. and like has to remind him of this stuff. Oh, yeah, and like, that would be good. Something like that might give these characters a little bit more inner life other than like, I'm Rico, I'm the tough one. I'm Clance. I'm <laughs> so like, they become cartoon characters yes. when, uh, when they're supposed to have every single experience Doug had. They all remember marrying her. They remember the birth of their children. Yep. Yep. They supposedly all love Andy McDowell. You know what I mean? Like, And they would probably miss her, I imagine. You know what mm. I mean? Like In some yep. way, shape, or form. Should I mean, we like... talk about rule number one right here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should go right ahead. All right. Do not talk about multiplicity. <laughs> well, no, it's Broke the rule. not to have sex with the wife. Right. Which also, like, I'm kind of like... Why, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously let her in on it, but like, does it really matter? They're you. They are you. Exactly. And it's they, not like exactly. They have they want to fuck her because that's her that's their wife too. I said I do. Their memory <laughs> banks or whatever they have remember those supposedly supposed to remember I, those moments. I think you have to think of it as he is like he's Al Bundy if he got cloned. Yes. Like right. they, but Keaton isn't playing him that like a stupid, ignorant, or misogynistic, right? But like, or or a, a low class, but like he—that's he, he, his attitude towards everything. But is an it, Al Bundy type fucking feeling. <laughs> the right. first hour makes sense because, like, the Rika or whatever. Like, uh, number two is this like it's like oh the the guy you would be if you never got married. You know what I mean? Like the guy yeah. that is like drinking beer in his underwear and like blah blah blah. Like maybe he's like he enjoys going back to that so much that he's like oh fuck it I never want to get married again and I'm a piece of shit now or whatever. Not a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like a gruff ass. He, he becomes more macho and dude like because he's like a divorced dad almost as opposed and, and like that clash between him and the married Keaton could be interesting and then it's like well one of the what if one of them is kind of gay okay like where where does any of that come from well the masculine work one like lean into that show me him at work show me him going to like these fucking like you know blue collar bars mixing it up like yes. give me a little bit of an environment of what they're doing 
Right. And like what's well what's also weird is like because you know the the screenplay such as it is has this uh obnoxious prejudice where it's like any man because the the purpose of three three is the one that like will stay home and do the family stuff and be like the dad at home kind of thing right. and it Cook has and clean yeah et exactly and it has this dumb totally it right in line with the 1990s bias of like any man who does that like must not be like masculine and it's like clearly it has to be a more feminine character if it like staying home and raising the kids and whatever i mean this is the guy that played mr mom yeah no exactly you fucking did this already (laughs) and it's one thing to be like oh you know maybe he's just more caring more nurturing because you know dads have that side like that's what they that's how you raise your kid but then he's just like Andy McDowell, uh, fix your hair. You know what I mean? Like he's all of a sudden like caring about fashion and shit. It's like that's like that's yep, horseshit. It, it that's takes total it way, horseshit. Way too far. Could you, like they should all just be fucking Michael it's Keaton. The, it's so dumb that it's the not psychological belief back then of like, well, there's only masculine and feminine. That's yeah, the two yeah. sides of a person, and there's nothing else it's, going on. It <laughs> feels more in line with like fear of like metrosexuals, quote unquote, and yeah. stuff like like guys who just know how to dress well. I guess mm-hmm. like and, and and like but like yeah they tow that line and they never make up their minds. It's just it's just ridiculous. So he's got this clone two fucking up in the basement or up in the uh, the the garage apartment or whatever. And right from the the jump, I'm like, well, how does he expect these clones to just be like subservient to yes. him? You know, and the clones themselves are kind of like. Well, what the hell are we supposed to do? <laughs> a clone <laughs> uprising would be cool, or like a talented Mr. Ripley type of thing. Just start stabbing him. Or well, something. that's that's how this movie should end, right? If they if they went the route of what we suggested, with it's just the one other clone, and then the end of the movie is two kills Prime and yeah. takes over his personality, and it's just Michael Keaton. You get him to do the really fucking crazy Batman Bruce Wayne eyes in this movie. He looks right at the camera, freeze frame, the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be good because like that shows that, that really, I mean, this movie also is like, look at the danger of having human clones around. <laughs> but that would really be, that would drive it home. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like fun having clones. and then You get all these buddies. Yeah. <laughs> it would be much more interesting if it went like, you know, the two, it is just one and it is just prime and two and they right. both start having sex with her and then it turns into a dead ringers in the suburbs. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm not happy with that. I, I would go dead ringers way. gets out of the city. Yeah. <laughs> I think prime should start fucking his clones. Yes. Also, no, yeah. I would. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you got to like, you know, it's like, oh man. Hey, uh, number uh, two, could you come over here? <laughs> Just to see what it's like. Of sure. course. Of course. Yeah, I, would, I would blow myself. Come I on. I would 100% do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fully interactive masturbation at that point. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's like, it's like jerking off with a VR helmet on. Or oh, like, you so know, you... going to the holodeck or something. You want a clone to do the stranger. <laughs> <laughs> It's the strangest stranger you'll ever find. Yeah, the all too rare double stranger. <laughs> um, so yeah, like two instantly goes. There's a, a fun scene where like two goes to work and like uh, Michael Keaton tries to go to work and it's like, oh shoot, I. They're like, you're in the meeting already, and it's a, it's a fun, like that's like the sitcomy bit where it's like sure. kind of fun and like you're only juggling one ball, so it's it is kind of funny to like see that kind of work. And when you see that scene kind of going along, it's kind of cooking, and yeah. you're like. Oh, okay, this could be the movie. Yes. You know, and you realize, like, right for that, like, those precious few minutes in this movie where it's just the one clone, you're like, 
Yeah, totally. Like this movie's working. And then I think you're totally right. The second Clone 3 is produced, like it's just the whole thing falls apart. I, I would slightly argue about that because the when the first day when he goes to work uh after the crushed head uh dance which is fantastic the chest bump and the cr- <laughs> oh, crushed yeah, head yeah, yes. that is we, phenomenal we, we will crush it we will crush it we will him. crush yeah. i love that but so he goes to work uh two goes to work early and then right. prime shows up and i'm like okay so now i think prime is the stupidest idiot that's ever lived cuz you <laughs> yeah. didn't you didn't talk to your clone about what who was going to do the work when Why not you just fucking apart- went to bed you idiot Check the apartment, and if he's not there, maybe you shouldn't be at work. Yeah, what yep. the just, what the fuck? And you got you got to say though, like, all right, clone. Uh, you know, today's Tuesday, so I envisioned when I made you uh, that you would be like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday guy. Sure. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna go to work today, but then tomorrow. Then you take it, you take it, and run with it for the rest of the week. That would be interesting because then he would have to try to match the personality of the clone a little bit, or he'd go to work and be like, "I can't believe what someone would be like. I can't believe what you said yesterday, or whatever." And yes. he'd have to like yep. fake the funk. Yes, totally. Yes, exactly. Again, singular clone. We've got a movie here. Absolutely. Um, uh, he does, and then like again, like because he's kind of his id, he fires Eugene Levy. Well, actually, right. no. First, first he puts uh, uh, Ted in John Delancey's last speaking scene in a uh, in a in a porta potty, and like makes somebody a construction guy pick it up, and he's like, "No, Picard." This is an interesting scene to me because it looks like this is right outside of Del King's construction company so your work bathroom is a porta potty maybe great question great question. yeah i don't know man maybe like del king's whole motto is like you fucking live it on the site you gotta live it at the office too because <laughs> they have a nice enough office but it's like no 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 if the inside bathroom's definitely closed you gotta go outside to the porta potty del king just calls doug in and he's like doug did you ship ted to abu dhabi <laughs> <laughs> in a porta potty uh, i like lasagna <laughs> oh, oh man! I don't I don't condone that impression, but this number four character we have yet to introduce on this podcast is yeah. a nightmare. It's uh. a total total nightmare. Uh, so he fires you. So two fires Eugene Levy, and you know what? Rightfully so. Eugene Levy's like two hours late for work or something yes. like that. And Come uh, on! After the demo thing, and again, like he doesn't fire him for the demo thing because like the the other Michael Keaton is a bit more soft. This one's harder. Like that's again, yep. there's tension there, but it's not explored and, really. And here's right. Oba Baba Tunde's one scene where he points at a blueprint for fucking <laughs> <Yes>. Michael Keaton. <laughs> It's ridiculous, man. Uh, the poor guy. That sucks. And then the next thing, uh, he's about to... Michael Keaton's trying to get his fucking golf in, and then Andy McDowell calls and is like, I need someone to take the girl to ballet practice. There's something going on. And like, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. And he's like, oh, god damn, I have to do one fucking thing for my family. That's yep. it. It's all over. This, I need three more clones now. It's <laughs> fucking awful, man, because it's also like he's rushing to get it done, and like he makes his little girl look like shit. It's it a crazy... Looks- I think they're taking, like, it's the class picture is supposed to be that day, like the yeah. ballet class. Like, there's a photographer coming, so he's like got the kid all decked out and whatever. The decked out that he's gotten her looks like Lisa Simpson is Florida. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's just a man, so he doesn't know how to dress a little girl. Yeah. He's oh, never yeah, the done tutu it goes he's on a the, man. The fucking like dress line was at the neck. Like, oh yeah, that's fine. The tutu <laughs> goes around the neck, right? I'm a fucking man. 
And dude, Mr. Mom was like 15 years ago, dude. I've seen this movie already. Well, it's, it's interesting. So dumb. I, fe- I feel that well, Mr. Mom was pretty early, like 83 ish. Yeah. Wow, and was it really that early? 83? That's kind of his breakout, early. yeah. Shit. And then yeah, wow, was, Eric, you're right. 83 on the dot. <laughs> my parents had on VHS. Ooh. And I believe now, you know, we get Reagan in office and we get all these years of this hyper-masculine bullshit. I'm sure it was terrible in the early 80s and 70s, too, but it feels even worse somehow. <laughs> I want Michael Keaton to fucking brandish a chainsaw in this movie, though. That's the big difference. I think Jimmy Carter were, uh, years were the only time where where us soft boys really had a good time. <laughs> soft boys. We finally got a peanut farmer in the White House. <laughs> sit back and eat some peanuts. It is a crisis of confidence. You're right, Jimmy. <laughs> Listen, Jim, once Jimmy Carter's in office, we're all going to have paydays. They got peanuts in them. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, so oh, there there is kind of a funny thing where like they get to the dance studio and he's like we're here for the pictures and she's there's a instructor or the class the school teacher or whatever is like uh oh well, oh didn't you get the message like that got moved to next week or something like that. And he just has this line where he's like get a photographer here. <laughs> right now that's insane this is like unhinged psycho behavior like either you get a photographer down here right now or i'm gonna fucking hurt someone <laughs> do you want a scene i could make a scene here lady but then rutger howard shows up didn't you get the memo <laughs> <laughs> and then this sort of like catapults a little bit of a montage here of like him you know having to be like the stay-at-home dad and it's just a disaster there's a dinner disaster yeah. and the kids are screaming with each other and they're screaming at him and he's screaming back this is the whole duty head thing yeah and this, going on here and this place looks like where the yellow king was hanging out i know <laughs> it's I filthy know. It's, it's filthy everywhere but like the ninja turtles lived more cleanly than these people like, they absolutely a, did there's a huge hole in the wall like i mean like again raphael like whoa we can't have that Whoa, Master Splinter, get some drywall. We gotta fix this wall. There, there is like, a one big slice of pizza being handed around, so it does make sense. It's like the Fight Club Mansion. Yes, it is. And that's actually interesting, given that he's got these fractured minds. Of that's his true. Clones. Yeah. Ooh, question mark, actually, thinking about it. Are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Clone Turtles? Yeah. Possibly there was a one. Leonardo was the was the, was the the one. Mm-hmm. And then they've cloned him three times. You've got a sciencey one, a sarcastic oh. one, a party one. Oh, like the ooze was just the residue after the cloning. They just threw out the baby <laughs> with the cradle or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, fan theory total fan like theory it. um we have we're sort of around like the next massive sitcom moment where he takes andy mcdowell out to dinner and then uh clone number two has taken ann cusack out to dinner ann cusack plays a co-worker of michael keaton's in this movie or something like yeah. that and so they're out to dinner at the same restaurant <sighs> And there is, um, what do you call it there? It, 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 this is like where he is like um, really being, again, really shitty to Andy McDowell because she's, he's like, well, you got to go back to, you got to, you have to quit your job. And she's like, I just got here. I like it. And he's like, well, too bad because I fucking am sick of making peanut butter sandwiches. I like that she gives him the finger in this yes. scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Fuck you. She hates this dude. I, I know. It's amazing. By the way, this whole scene is fucking Mrs. Doubtfire horse shit. Again. It is. Yes. 
Yep, absolutely, dude. Uh, There's also a fun gay joke in this one with uh, Jim Piddock plays the Mater D, and like he's he's giving him like a weird look, like I just but I just saw you. Andy McDowell's like, I think he likes you. Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. The Ernest P. Worrell, ew. Yeah, and it's ah, I hate that joke so much because you're totally right. It's so obvious that it's like Jim Piddock's character is like, well, I that guy is there a Two, 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 two grooves, exactly. you know, and then it's just like gay. Never mind, it's just gay, <laughs> gay, gay, gay. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, god damn it, it's right. Mm-hmm. This movie is exhausting. Uh, so yeah, there's a big like confrontation in the fucking bathroom with the two of them. Well, because uh, two has taken out Ann Cusack, who works at the office, yes. who is only good to, for this one scene where he can meet his other. Right. Um and yeah, and that he tries to drown his other in the fucking bathroom. Oh right, to hide his face while um Piddock comes in. Yeah, and it's another like, oh now you're in here with a man, let's keep this fucking gay joke going. <laughs> oh! And then like Keaton's got a weird line right here. He's like, You never saw a guy wash another guy's face before? Okay. And this is where he's like, you know, number two is like, you know, I can't just like what are you doing? You can't just take women out all over the place. He's like what the fuck am I supposed to do? You've got me locked up in there. I've got nothing to do. I have he's no also like, He's like, this is also my favorite restaurant, dude. We're the same person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is one joke in this sequence that actually made me laugh pretty loud. I will admit. Ooh. It's when one of the Michael Keatons like, is trying to duck and avoid being seen by Andy McDowell or whatever the scenario is here. Right. Maybe avoid the clone, whatever. He, Michael Keaton jo- like falls down. And he tells this girl, uh, Ann Cusack, like, oh, no, it was old sports in- injury. Oh, I didn't know you played football. Uh, no, I fell out of the bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a good this, line. This is also where my, my the line I just remember, like, when he's trying to sneak out of the booth from Andy McDowell, he's like, you know, honey, just get me something. With, you know what I like, something with a barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, like, again, like Michael Keaton is funny in this. It's a very, like, and it, it's kind of weird because he hasn't yet, he had not done, like, a full-on comedy for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, this is his return to it. Because, I mean, like, his career wasn't going so great. He actually turned down Groundhog Day, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. I mean, Beetle I didn't Juice know that. is That's kind weird. of a comedy. Beetle Juice is a comedy, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to look up, just go to the old uh, because he, he, you know, he came from Mr. Mom, uh, uh, Gung Ho, like all those eighties. Like he was, right. like, he was Tom Hanks for Johnny a while. Johnny Dangerously, specifically. Johnny Dangerously, oh my great God, movie, that great movie. Uh, but yeah, because it was like ninety two is uh, Batman Returns, and then it's like ninety three. He was in a much do about nothing adaptation. Something so he's, he's good in that. My yeah. life. Uh, the Paper, which I never saw. It's a Ron Howard movie. It's right? a okay. drama, drama uh, kind of a thing. And then it, also in 94, something called Speechless. It's a political speechwriter with Gina Davis. Oh, Rom- okay. Rom-com, yeah. yeah. That's it. Oh, wow, fucking Christopher Reeve is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Bonnie Bedelia. Oh, yeah. He's got quite a cast. I, he's had a, quite a career in the, you know, just helming those Batman movies, Beetlejuice, like we mentioned. Like, who, you know, he, he could coast it, in the 90s. Even yeah. him oh, in sure. straight dramas, Clean and Sober from 88 is fucking amazing. If you yeah, seen I, that was a that was a definite. Uh, I always remembered the VHS cover, like at the video store, because I always liked the sweater he was wearing in the cover. <laughs> yeah. He looks wonderful in the cover. He looks like um, yeah. he's still good too. Like in Spider Man Homecoming, he's like the reason Fantastic. I enjoyed that. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like, and that's a, that second movie doesn't have him, and it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, <of> <laughs> no, it it absolutely yeah could have 
could have used something there. And if it's to be believed, by the way, if we ever get this fucking Flash movie and he's old Batman Bruce Wayne, oh. fuck me, opening morning, I'm at the theater. <laughs> Absolutely. I am at the theater. Apparently he's going to be in Morbius as well, which is kind of funny. Yeah. If, if Speaking of if it ever happens. <laughs> as Batman or as another character? I imagine as, as his... The as the vulture, oh, reprising. Right. That's a okay, universe thing. Cool. I mean, um, they're they're both like sinister six people. Is that right? Something, Steve? something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, by the way, in this scene, before we just put a cap on it, it, it goes on. The thing that this scene could actually work and be kind of funny if it was like. 90 seconds or more less like just cut some yep. of the shit out yep. like him him going into a booth with ann cusack with two old people and like they're, oh and then the, right i think like when they're trying to leave they're like throwing they're they're like pulling everyone's fucking napkins and shit out they're, they're oh that's right he fucking and- he fucking totally disappears ann cusack <laughs> in this movie because like I don't even know if it's prime or number two, but they fucking put a napkin over her head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they're going to fucking interrogate her. Oh, yeah. is it her coat? It's fucking crazy. And it's just like, were you going to kill her now? <laughs> yeah, well, all of a sudden, she knows too much, Eric. She's got to go. <laughs> all of a sudden, this scene, it just turns into like a broad French comedy. Yeah. Like, yes. For some yes. reason. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a family comedy. This should be in and out. Come on, guys. Move. Uh, then the next scene, he does finally make the third clone. And he's like, look, you've got a friend and a roommate now. It's number three. He's going to do the housework while you do this. And I'm just going to fuck around, jerk off, and play Street Fighter. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yep, totally. Which and is his- like- it's a terrible division of labor. First of all, I mean, your clone has all your memories. It's you. Like, yep. split up the time reasonably and all Evenly. of you do everything exactly then everyone everyone has three days off but like you know what i mean like everyone has more time but you're all working together at least we exactly can all jerk off or maybe we can jerk <laughs> each other off totally Possibly. fucking daisy chain that shit and get back Look, to it absolutely well, well i'm doing work you could be jerking me off See? <laughs> and we're just all working we're all okay, doing now, good this- stuff now this is a great idea. Michael Keaton goes to work, and then under his desk is another Michael Keaton that just sucks his dick. <laughs> Look, I got to get off once a day. We can save time by just you doing it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so there's, but you see what he does. In, like instead of building time with his family, he's doing things like the following: bungee jumping on a cruise ship. Jesus Christ! Fucking off! Like at the last second, deciding to go to a Laker game. Yep. I, I, by the way, alone. All of this he's doing alone. This is all yeah. just bizarre. Speaking of alone, this is like the motivations of the star of Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, I went out for pizza. I guess we'll get to number four loves pizza. But, like, these are just such juvenile, dumb things he ends up doing. Yeah, like, you're totally it, right, dude. Like, where is him? Like, he goes to an ice cream parlor by himself. He's like, oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's like the big submarine right. boat of ice cream. It's it's it, you have a character you haven't fully explored, even though you're making many facets of him. We don't know his hobbies, we don't know yes. his interests, and he doesn't know them. That's why he's like, oh, maybe sailing. That's what rich white people do. That's what I am. Right, and when it's you, the same thing. Like when he's at the fucking Laker game, and you're just like, all right, I guess he likes basketball. Well, that's in the beginning of the movie. Obabatuna should be like, hey man, I got those season Laker tickets anytime you want. There you like, go. Oh, man, I wish I could go out and hang out with my buddy and go exactly. see the Lakers. And then later on, he gets to go, and he's not a weird psycho <laughs> going to a basketball game by himself, <laughs> maybe cheering to no one. Maybe Richard Mazar is the guy with the boat, and he's yeah. like trying to get close to his fucking boss, and rather sure. than have this swinger vacation. <laughs> out on a fucking you know 
knife in the water fucking trip into the middle of the Dude, ocean. Kevin, I wrote knife in the water in my notes too. <laughs> That's what, we're all clones of each other, obviously. We all sound uh, the same. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, th- this kind of goes well enough. The the thing, this is what allows him to go to the Laker game, allows him to whatever. Um, and you know, obviously, number three is much more. And it's, at first, he's timid, which is kind of fine. Like you know what I mean? Like hey. We haven't talked about it. I love these outfits that the clones have to wear when they get out of the Clone Institute. Really sharp. Nice. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> a bit cult. It's cultish. It's like a white t- a white dress shirt buttoned all the way up with khaki oh, right. pants and an interesting belt. Yeah. Oh, I guess I never noticed that, that was just like the standard uniform. I've, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I guess I see it. Um, I, but, I didn't even acknowledge that. But like, so he's like doing all the housework and he's really good at it. And it's again, it's really early on. We're just grafting mealy mouth gay jokes onto this guy like really easily. I think it's after like his first real scene where he has some lines. I just wrote the note. Why is clone three gay? Yes. It's just because in the first he's a little timid, like he's a little afraid of whatever. Yeah. But then it turns out very que- clearly like he's just like well, this, like, oh my gosh. No, nothing is worse than when he, the, uh, the, this is how we do it scene. Yes. Where like the woman is trying to grind her ass against him and he's like backing up and like yes. doesn't want to do anything. And I'm like, what, what the hell is going on here? Like, it, yeah. if you didn't want to be here, don't be here. I don't understand this. And you know what? I don't, you know, who gives a shit? Show me a clone fucker, dude. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that'd sure. be great. And like, and then like Harris Elon could be like, well, you know, uh, everybody has, uh, you know, uh, everyone's on the spectrum one way or another. Some people exhibit it different ways. This clone is much more gay than not. This, you know, your cl- other clone is much more heterosexual than not. Just how it works in the clone world. That'd be something. Well, you uh, totally you, something. You need that scene, dude. Yes. You need it. It's like, well, one of them's gonna be more your workaholic self, and one's a little more queer than you normally are. And yes. that's just them's the breaks, everybody. That's my clone oh, business. Okay. I'm Harris. Uh-oh. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no. no, but it's just like I need something of like, oh, like he has to go back to the complaint department with the first one and be like, why isn't it exactly like me? And Harris Yulin just has to explain sometimes when this happens in this procedure, you know, once dormant personalities, beca- yes. you know, personality traits become like the dominant traits and blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. You can't just be doing this movie. Okay, okay. Your third one here, he is actually very scared of cooties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he believes all women have cooties. It's it's it's, it's bad. It's uh, uh, it's just it's it's your clone, but it's you in the fifth grade. Yeah. Now, I would I would give him a cutie shot but the vaccine hasn't been developed <laughs> uh yeah I mean, this, yeah this is how we do it we, we're about to have fargo sex in this weird room absolutely you know for a fact that yes. if michael keaton prime did not break down that door you could cut to them and it's two twin beds and yes. they're just fucking these two women absolutely uh, yeah, and like Michael, uh, the 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 more masculine one is really having having at it. There's this weird character trait that the more effeminate one has, where he's biting his sweater. I don't know what that means. Uh, yada yada yada. It's, it's, it's probably not great. That's it's, what it's that means. Probably not great. So then Michael Keaton Prime comes in, and there's like a bunch of like sitcomy stuff where they get rid of the women. He Michael Keaton Prime, by the way, calls these two women bims, b i m b s's, which I've sure. never. 
He's like, where'd you pick up those bims? And I'm like, what? I mean, look, if you want to fucking insult these people, why are you cutting out the bow? Exactly. <laughs> what, to save the, time on a syllable? I thought they hired prostitutes, but it turns out these are just girls that work at the the uh, the 7-Eleven or something. Nice. You converted with the hot 7-Eleven girl. I mean, Good for like, you. What's wrong with that? Like, so, you know, they're fucking dating. Big well, they deal. actually, they do start arguing with him in this scene. They're like, we shouldn't have to live like monks, one of them says. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's totally true. Like, you did not think this through, Michael Keaton, at all. And, and I, number two is ver- is the one who says, why don't you fucking clone your wife? Yes. Or oh, like, right. He already, there was another thing where, like, um, I think uh, in between these two scenes, before this scene, uh, they make up rule number one because... Uh, number three winds up sleeping with sleeping in the same bed with Andy McDowell because it just got late. And Michael Keaton was off jerking off somewhere, um, and <laughs> you know, blah blah blah. He's like, all right, rule number one, you know, nobody has sex with my wife but we. And there's this the, rule number two has to be you can totally have sex with whomever you want. You just can't do it here because it's gonna get loud and weird. And I don't want fucking condoms in the in the in the waste basket. And then Andy McDowell is fine. Look, look okay, look, like, yep. sure Te- teach them the soda can trick. Per usual, yep. this is very easy. You don't got to worry about condoms too much. Yeah, you don't have to be slingshotting those things out the window so they land on the driveway. You know. Soda can, you got plenty of Stroh's cans. I see them everywhere. <laughs> I wish I read the IMDb Tribune before I watched the movie tw- almost twice because apparently he doesn't wear a wedding ring at all throughout the entire film to avoid continuity errors. And it's just like, oh, fuck, right, because... When this dude goes to work, number two, like he's going to have to have the ring. When number three is yes. in the kitchen, he's going to have to have the ring. Right. Yeah. You right, don't have to hand right. it off or make four, which again, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Because they make, make three. Uh, yeah. Well, the fourth one doesn't need a ring. I mean, right? that's very true. I mean, if it's just like gold bands, you can like get a tin one and just spray <laughs> paint <laughs> it gold, you know? That's fair. Yeah, totally. In this scene, the fourth clone is revealed. And it's, I mean, it's kind of funny in the way that they reveal it. Like, it's just, it's the one you don't ex- expect coming unless you've seen the trailer. Uh, but like, he's just there and it's like, yeah. whoa, kind of a fun thing. But like, again, I kind of want to see somebody's got to talk to Harris Eulin at some point and here's the the thing is like harris yulin like here's the scene where you could bring him back where it's like harris yulin shows up and this is presuming you just eliminate this fourth clone and it's like which is a great idea absolutely but it's like harris yulin like knock 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 or here it is it's a phone call middle of the night phone call oh michael keaton you better get down here and he goes down there and it's like this certain someone tried to pass themselves off as you and make another clone, you know, yes. something <laughs> right. like that. I mean, like, it's insane that he can go and, like, make the second clone and there's no scene at all with Harris Yule. And, like, maybe you shouldn't do this. It's going to be hard to juggle multiple yeah. versions of yourself. Well, you know, the end of this should just be, like, there was no Harris Yule this is, like, a split situation. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, get, get Shyamalan involved yeah, in the screenplay. Yeah, this is all in his head. This, like, the absurdity of this premise. Um, But, yeah, so four is standing there and four uh, is a little deficient. Uh, I guess is the polite way to put this. It's just him doing a very bad uh, developmentally disabled joke, yes. left and right, and yep. that's that's all it is. It's it's like Letty from Of Mice and Men, but stupider kind and, of a thing, and almost exclusively he's dressed like Jamie Kennedy. Yes, <laughs> yes. can't hardly wait, Jamie Absolutely. Kennedy specifically. And Of Mice and Men is right though, because number two, you know, the the masculine one is like over, the overseer of number four. Yes. And eventually, yeah. oh. he'll just have him, like, dig his own grave, I imagine. 
<laughs> I do think like the way to do this, and it, w- it would be less funny and more good, cool for me, is like, oh yeah, we had a problem with number four, and it comes out, and he looks like the dude in RoboCop who gets the toxic waste all over him. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Help me, please. And then you could just fucking kill it, <laughs> and you wouldn't have to worry about this character yeah, not the, aging well at all. The King Twelve truck goes right through him. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, So there has been some business about uh, one of his midlife crisis horseshit white dude things is he wants to learn how to sail. And Brian Doyle Murray owns this little like sailing company or whatever. And, you know, Michael Keaton, there is a scene where he's like, what are the what are the big dogs sail or something like that? You know, Uh, and there's this whole thing where like they're going to sail to Catalina and it's Brian Doyle Murray. Who's like fucking at least in his late fifties in this movie? Yeah, and here's Julie Bowen, gotta yeah. be like still in her late twenties in this movie. Very unsettling. In the, the, in the, the thought of these two sleeping it, together, it, it took me by <laughs> surprise for sure. I was, well, I, I wrote in my notes until I really figured it out. I was like, is he her father? Like, what's happening? No, they're- oh, Walt. Yeah, I sold him a cheap clone. You <laughs> <laughs> he, he never met that girl before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a. He had a crush on the girl in the coffee shop, and then, sure enough, he got her DNA from the garbage. I cloned her. Bing, bang, boom. He's married to the coffee shop and, girl. And, and now I have Julie Bowen's DNA. <laughs> Pretty good for me. Suddenly, moving a lot of Wayfair packages. Oh, my God. But the weird thing, I mean, like, honestly, it's a swinger situation because clearly, like, like, be. he, like the first scene, it's like him and like, uh, what do you call it? Him and Brian Dole Murray and Brian Dole was like, ah, oh, you should come down to Catalina with us. It'd be great. And then like, uh, <laughs> Julie Bowen's like, yeah, you could bring your wife and you, you both can have it. And then like, uh, Brian Dole is like, yeah, you know, and then you guys have champagne. We go away and you just make love. It's important that you're making love on the same <laughs> yep. boat that yep. we're making love on. Oh, oh ignore, yeah. Ignore those cameras. <laughs> Do you guys actually know the difference of what? Uh, the age difference? Oh, no. I would love no. to. It is stunning. Uh, <laughs> Let's hear it. He was 51 when this movie comes out. Wow, mm-hmm. by the way, that's just a testament to Brian Doe Murray looking <laughs> older than he does, by the way. Julie Bowen. 26. Yep. Yeah. There it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah, dude. He fucking stole a piece of her hair from the coffee shop. (laughs) She was like, ow, what was that? He was like, nothing. (laughs) Clone. Yeah. I mean, I do think in the swinger community, she's bait, right? Like, she she gets invited to all the parties, and it's like, oh, and then I got to bring my husband. Hey. Totally. It looks like a fucking retired hedgehog. Um, yeah, so I uh, waged war with Robotnik for many years. <laughs> and now I'm taking it easy. Just retired, had myself. You know, I got plenty of gold coins. I loved Jim Carrey in that movie, but dude, if you put Brian Doyle Murray in as like his fucking dad or something, that would have been great. Dad, like Grandpa Robotnik or something. I'm into it. Uh, uh, the, the, so like Andy McDowell, there's like this whole scene with like her and number three. There's this insane shit about like this is the right way to wrap up meatloaf. Yeah, you sure. know, and this is and, what he like gives her hair tips too. It's like very much. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because it's like oh, if you did this to your hair, it would like give it a little more height, a little more volume, make you look a little more like Elaine Bennis on Seinfeld. Absolutely. Yeah, and he uh, which I was fine with, but you know. 
He also definitely has like a lilt to his voice, which is never exhibited by Prime to like nope. if you wanted to make the argument that it's part of his personality or whatever. Right. Just, yeah, just, you're totally right. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but this is like so he like comes home and Prime comes home and switches places with three again. And now the whole get, you know, this is very sitcom like, weren't you wearing a different shirt earlier? And then it's like, you know, what, what we ta- we what we talked about, blah, blah, blah. And it's that like he doesn't have the memory of what they talked about because it's like, you know, not his conversation. So he's like trying to go along with it. And he misconstrues the convo for like a, they're talking about like getting away on like a sexy vacation or something. And he's just like. Oh, well, you know, honey, I thought we'd get out of here, you know, without the kids, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, you want to go to Disney World without the kids? Yeah. And they're like talking about like going to Disney World at Christmas or whatever. Right. And she bought non-refundable tickets <laughs> to Orlando. Oh, oh, oh big mistake. <laughs> Your husband's using a clone army or not. Yeah. Big <laughs> mistake buying non-refundable tickets. You got to talk about it first before you get to the N- the well, NR word. They yep. did. They talked about it. Oh, that's it. right. And then this the other is, one said yes. What's in, what's infuriating is there's no system between the clones. Yep. Or Maybe you just fucking suck it up and fold some laundry, you ass. <laughs> and explain to me or explain to her how you've lost 125000 to this institute for buying three of you. Well, That's a great question. You know there might be like a separate account because this guy's kind of a scumbag, right? Sure. Like he's probably opened a oh, secret thing. Oh, shit, dude. He's got a fucking uh, burner cell phone. Yeah. Too. He's building Sicario houses out, <laughs> way out. Near the desert. (laughs) Um, So here's as we playing this game a lot lately because I'm I'm making notes about quotes from this movie and I don't attribute who's saying what. I know that this is Andy McDowell. I think says this line. What is the context of her saying throw harpoons at Peruvian basket weavers? I it, no, it, he says is it something. Michael of, Keaton. Michael Keaton's like, "Hey, look, um, you always want because he, he wants to take her to Catalina on this sex vacation." Yes, and she's he's like, "You always want to do this sort of thing, like go to Peru and blah 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 with basket weavers and such and such." I believe the line is "throw harpoons at Peruvian basket weavers." I could be wrong, <laughs> but I thought that's what I I registered, and that's quite weird. Well, yeah, y'all, I always wanted to be a colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> Always been my dream. Yeah, the most dangerous game is actually uh, quite thriving in Peru. <laughs> you, you know, y'all, I always wanted to subjugate the natives. Oh, shit, dude. Andy McDowell is in Ready or Not, if there's Ready or Not with clones. Oh, oh right. there you go. We got to hunt my husband's clones. <laughs> I really I enjoyed that movie, by the way. I like it quite movie. a bit. Fun totally movie. fun movie. Totally I like, fun I like it a lot. Uh, so Michael Keaton Prime is like, he's like, hey, uh, three... I'm going to fucking take off for a few days and do this sailing trip without my wife. So you have to make up like the days and nights because two's got to go work all the time. (laughs) And then four is sitting there eating shaving cream. Uh, So it's like, I mean, it's the most irresponsible. And this is why like he really should have his ass handed to him at the end of this movie. And he doesn't. And it's just like, I'm going to go. And even when he gets to the dock and Brian Dillon Murray and, and Julie Bowen are like, well, your wife can't make it? Do you want to just go another time? And he's like, no, no, no. Let's just go now. Well, that's the thing. that They're both a little disappointed. Ah, Absolutely. I heard he was married to Andy McDowell. Shit. <laughs> yeah, they're totally, uh, you know, bumming about this situation. You can kind of tell. I think, you know, we're making jokes. Here. We have a lot of fun on We Hate Movies. But, sure. Uh, Steve, I think you're totally right that this movie, yeah. more more than 
definitely is saying that this is a swinger couple. Yeah, they are. I mean, he they are really disappointed that <laughs> to the point where it's like, uh, maybe another time. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you bring her down here another time. Uh, uh, maybe we don't go at all. Uh, 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 <laughs> would you see that uh, the boat just sprung a leak? Uh, which is, uh, oh, it's so bad. It just happens out of nowhere sometimes. And see you later, buddy. <laughs> what if you went down to, say, I don't know, a nightclub tonight, picked somebody up, brought them back, <laughs> then maybe we would go. And the thing is, is you give me their ID and passport before they get onto the boat with us. And I throw it in the water. Man, like he forces him, he invites himself, he forces his way onto this trip, and it, he's just puking the entire time. Uh, it's like, yep. wouldn't you know that from you went on this little, like, how do you know you're not? I don't know. The fact that he's so into sailing all of a sudden and is unaware that he gets seasick is, yeah, is yeah. But this is like, it's like a classic tenant of midlife crisis, though, right? It's like, I'm just going to jump into this fucking thing, right. whether I know anything about it or not. Well, they you also know? just, they never answer the question as to, like we, we, we kind of got to a lot which is what does he want what does he want to do what and is the like, end game here yeah exactly so they're like oh he wants to go on a boat and, oh that doesn't work out it's like, well that doesn't give me anything by the nope. way when they get down there i love the line he has sorry i hurled on your dog <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's actually kind of great because i think brian doyle murray's reaction is very like that's eh, all right happened before or something yeah. like that yeah yeah Oh, uh, great. You know, not only does he not even bring a girl with him, now, you know, we were going to play with him, and now he's puking the whole time. I'm not going to have sex with a pukey guy. Usually <laughs> we're on the hour 12 of the orgy before we start puking <laughs> on the dog. Before the before the shunting kicks in. Yes. Uh, so while this is all happening, Three is back at the homestead pretending to be uh, Prime, and this is where Andy McDowell is ready to fucking go in the bedroom. And this is a scene I did not remember, mm-hmm. did not see coming, and still for the life of me cannot figure why it's in the movie. Question to the room, why do I have to watch Michael Keaton get jerked off in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Because that is straight up what is happening. Yes. This she is clearly jerking him off. Well, because she is like, oh, you know, he wanted to go on a sex vacation. I guess I turned him down too quickly. Let me really fucking rev it up tonight kind of a thing. Right, right, right. And it's just like they eventually do just wind up having sex and everything. And But he's trying to like three is trying to play by the rules. And it's like, no, no, no. I promised I wouldn't fuck my own wife. OK, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm just going to like pretend that I have a headache or something like that. And then like she is just jerking him off in this scene while like talking to him they're having like a full-on conversation and he's getting fucking (laughs) yanked here uh which is very weird and so they have sex there's a big like lightning storm and again like here we are back and and now this is admittedly a very weird like hbo after dark sitcom but it's a sitcom (laughs) nonetheless of like three and her have sex and then like she goes downstairs to get a glass of water and like two's sneaking in the apartment for some two, reason in the house two has run out of food hiding yeah. in his little man cave oh right because four has eaten the gag is he ate all the cereal and everything and he licked all question. the pizza are they not allowed to get dominoes they have to go out like what's the situation well, here like- i think so because like andy mcdonald's gonna bound to notice a fucking Domino's delivery truck going to the garage. <laughs> well, that, yeah, right. That's the thing is like you got to slink out on your own and do some carry out kind of. A oh, thing. man, you got to get that insurance. Pizza. Yeah, you, <laughs> you want that pizza insurance, dude, for the long walk back to your weird clone hideout. <laughs> so then two fucks her on the couch. And yes. then I, I, think, I think it's the bathroom or something. Somehow four gets in the house. Well, four, and he's oh. just. He's hard as a rock constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pee pee, my pee pee, and then she's like, 
this is hot for the third fuck of the night. Yeah. Let's this, get well, weird with it. Four uh, leaves the apartment because a thunderstorm happens, and he's afraid of thunder. Uh-huh. Yep. So yep. that's actually a problem in this movie. This gentleman is afraid of thunder, and he's now fucking this woman. Yeah, and so the whole, the whole like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude just comes in with a thunder shirt and puts it around him. <laughs> You're good to go, buddy. Just wrap this around your rib cage. You're fine. It's like a I, big hug. Yeah, I was scared of the loud bangs outside. Now I'm banging. <laughs> and he's like, a, oh, man, my pee-pee. My pee-pee hurts or whatever oh, he says. <laughs> it's a whole insane thing, though, because like after she has sex with two is when the storm really kicks up. Because she has a great line. It's not a great line, but it's hilarious how she pronounces one word because she goes, uh, oh, Doug, I forgot to shut the windows in the Volvo. (laughs) And that fucking first O in Volvo lasts for like three and a half minutes. It was kind of weird. So that's why like two runs out to like do that. But then like four is the one that's fucking soaked because he's just been standing outside in the rain. And then, yeah, he's just she's like, oh, let me get these clothes off you. And he's just fucking hard as a rock. And she's like. Oh, another time? Well, I guess so. And it's, I was like, Jesus Christ! It was weird. The first time was really sensitive and sensual. Second time was rough and crazy. And the third time, he just jerked off on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't last at all. It was real weird. The Three very that- different experiences with my own husband. <laughs> and she's like a dumb enough character, I guess, to yeah. think that four is just him to the point where they she has a conversation with four later in the movie and he's just like, I want pizza, I want pizza. And she's like, well, fine, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it is so dumb that she falls for this. It really, they do not respect this character at I, all. Really. She's anvil, fallen an, for this. An anvil fell on my head. <laughs> I would have loved. That's why I'm dumb. If they had set up earlier in the movie, like he just goes around the house saying, "Uh, "I want pizza, I want (laughs) pizza," and like try to set up that he would want that she would believe he would just say something like that. Exactly. Like, hey, honey, like, what do you want for dinner tonight? "Eh, How about pizza? I want pizza. Like anything. By the way, I just thought of a great another Twilight Zone type of ending for this movie. Ooh. He get Prime gets back with his wife at the end and they go to sleep or whatever and then he notice she like rolls over and he notices a two on her ear. Oh, oh shit. Great shit. Twist. Yeah. And it ends with like a big talking. like scream like no <laughs> and then it just cuts and it's like Andy McDowell with fucking Julie Bowen and uh, uh, Brian Doyle Murray just sailing down the catwalk. They're all fucking naked, including the dog. Yeah, Andy McDowell is a, a fucking Turks and Caicos, is fucking on the beach. Love it. Oh, I, no, or at the end, you know, they get back together. And she's like, hey, can we make love like we did that night? And he's like, oh, what, like really sensitive? No. Oh, what, really rough? No, could you just push your your boner into my stomach until you <laughs> orgasm? <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing. It was hot as hell, y'all. <laughs> it was like fucking an alien, y'all. <laughs> you kept on saying pee-pee. <laughs> It's so awful. Could you, Every... When you shoot, could you yell, I want pizza? That was so <laughs> I sexy. I, I still can't get over the fact she gets, she gets, you know, she gets fucked by all these dudes and never knows. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. And so, like, we get to a thing. I mean, it's it's so, not you know, barely worth mentioning, but, like, 
Michael Keaton Prime loses his job because three gets fired by Otho, who's like a fucking like <laughs> well, a, a municipal inspector. Yeah, or the something. great Glenn Shadix, please some respect if you don't I, mind. I wasn't gonna be able to pull his name, dude. To me, he will always be Otho. Same. He was, it's Otho. He was great. I'm sorry that yes. he died because he fell down the stairs. This is a great Beetlejuice reunion here. <laughs> it is no, dude. I actually had it in my notes. Beetlejuice is talking to Otho right now. <laughs> it's great. So, like, two is sick with, like, a flu or something, so three has to go to the job site, and, uh oh he doesn't remember anything except folding laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Otho is the, like, building inspector, and he gets fired by Richard Mazar because they now the build is pushed a month because they have to do a re-inspection. Right, because Otho's, like, you know... I don't know what's going on with this guy, but he's he is not a qualified contractor. I'll be back in oh a month. The joke is they think he's on drugs because he keeps having to run to the other room to call to again because he should know what the fuck building con- construction is because he's been doing it for a decade of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know it, Otho may as well have been speaking fucking a totally alien language. I didn't know what he was talking oh, about. No, but sure. but like, like his whole argument is like I'm asking him these basic questions about this shit and he can't answer it. And yeah, he's also running out of the room to sniff coke constantly it's like it's stuff with like okay why'd you put like one gas line into the kitchen instead of the usual two and like he can't fake the funk at all right even though he's supposed to be a contractor yep so that's dumb uh and he gets fired this is the whole like uh, the i want pizza thing which causes her to leave with the kids uh that's like their big fight she's trying to like I just like explain it's a weird thing where isn't she coming to like kind of apologize to him for some reason uh, no at first she comes home and she's like hey and it's number two he's like looking for medicine or something she's like you said you had this big inspection and you couldn't push it oh, that's why i had right. to do all this stuff for my job he's like well baby i i missed it whatever and she like and he's like doing asshole michael keaton stuff because he's the asshole michael keaton at this point right she runs off and then she runs into number four who's just hammering a nail into nothing and she's just <laughs> she's like you know you do all this stuff and she is trying to apologize she's like i just wish i knew what you want he's like, i want pizza Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, and you can't this, have I, sex now. You can't use your sex talk here. Don't talk dirty talk about pizza, <laughs> y'all. You'll get me all worked all right, up again. So some of these clones are going to start talking about Pizzagate. So she fucking leaves and takes off. And then so Michael Keaton comes back from his failed orgy and is like, hey, what's going on? Uh, where's my whole family? And they're like, yeah, so it's about rule number one, first of all. And they just sort of come clean about, hey, we all fucked your wife, by the way, while you were out whatever the hell you were doing <laughs> good you know fuck fuck prime absolutely yep, yep. totally totally fuck no prime. fuck me fuck you eric Siska. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> doug from multiplicity you cannot do this to your family it's a disgrace this is Optimus Prime, by the way, not Harris Hewlett. Yeah, no, that's okay. I got a little <laughs> yeah, confused there. Yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a, there is a dumb as donkey shit scene where, like, Prime is trying to interrogate number four. Oh, like, God. where did she go? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, the whole gag is, like, as if he's, like, getting him liquored up. You know, he keeps pouring him coke. At your Coca Cola, and he's chug like watching Michael Keaton chug this soda. Good yeah. God! Oh, I was a Coke ad, by the way. Yeah, this, oh, this Coca Cola. Sure, we're on this scene for like three minutes of like, look at this delicious Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, as a kid, I loved this joke. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing I ever heard. She touched my Pepe? Oh, no, no, no. Just the, the, Coca-Cola? So, the Coca-Cola bit. I was like, oh, that's yeah. so funny. As Coca-Cola a kid, as a social lubricant? Yes. Yeah. As a kid, that's the closest you got to fucking is like the ecstasy you get of fucking having Coca-Cola run down your throat. Absolutely. And now I'm just thinking about like sticky sugar mouth and hands and all that. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, that's disgusting, Kevin. Sticky sugar mouth. Ugh. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this whole thing, you know, he's like trying to get information, like what happened? Oh, she touched my baby, Steve. Oh, and, and, and. He's, hey, uh, he keeps calling him Steve for yeah. no reason. Number four, why don't you uh, get under the desk and give me some of that uh, sugar mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't Let's get me see. all riled up by calling me Steve again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, Steve is in the house. <laughs> so Michael Keaton decides that the way he's going to get his family back is he's going to make all the clones help him fix the house, is the idea. We have a big fix in the house montage. He rehires Eugene Levy. And this, my friends, oh. I think is the greatest joke in the movie. Yes, I agree. I Eugene Levy, not. Not even acknowledging that it's four of the same person in front of him. <laughs> you said him. you have your own guys. Okay. And it's just like yep. total deadpan, yep. total yep. dry. It's such a perfect moment. Levy delivers the best line in the movie, in the in the best delivery of any actor in this movie. It is so fucking great. Solicited a big belly laugh from me. Uh, and so they do it. They fi- they fix up the house. It's a well, big the, get, getting things done fucking montage. Fart rock. It's Deus yep. Ex Fart Rock. <laughs> if the house is a rocking, don't come a knocking. What and, fucking song is that? And it's it happens so much. Like it, the, the the Levy. Like it starts going. They start doing stuff. Levy shows up. They have a scene. And then it picks back up again. And then there's another scene with Prime and Three. And then it picks back up again. I'm like, oh my yep. God, shut up with this nonsense. That's the thing. They keep cutting back to this conversation with Prime and Three, where Prime is basically like, hey, so uh, how was it fucking my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's kind of asking about it. I mean, there is a line here that Three is like, hey, man, you know, you're talking about you wanted like quality time with your family, but like all time with your family is quality time. Like, Three yeah. is the one that helps him kind of like realize what's going on here. Not that there's any real consequence that befalls this character. Look, I, look Doug, you're just a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've known this for quite some time. I didn't. I, being you, I, also Doug. I, I, I looked inside and I found pure shit, and that is who you are. <laughs> I do think, though, like to your point, it is, it's a great joke, the Eugene Levy joke, but you need one. It, it is also kind of a missed opportunity in a way of like, he's the only other person in this world that knows about these clones. Like, maybe we can talk about it for two fucking seconds. No, but well, no, that's, it's, it's, I mean, it's a joke. It's fine. It's a, it's a fine joke. And it's but, also too late in the movie to do that, I guess. But you did just inspire another idea, though, Steve. Like, w- another thing that this movie should have. Because it's this kind of a movie and it's missing this kind of a character. There is the nosy neighbor who, who in reality knows what's up with the clones, but like the spouse or someone in the family or something of the neighbor's family, like thinks that they're crazy. Yes. You know, like some mm-hmm. old lady looks out the window like, there's two of them. That's or sort of something. You know, and then like she's trying to say it to Andy McDowell and like there's, you know, like you're missing that character who's in on it the whole time yeah. but nobody believes them. Or then, And then you could have a moment where like two comes home, has a sandwich, is talking to Prime. He's like, yeah, you don't got to know. You, yeah, you don't have to know. You have to worry about uh, Mrs. Olsen next door there. Uh, yeah, I buried her. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking murdered her because I'm the butch one. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> 
I finished the Olsen project last night also. I fuck bibs and bury old ladies. <laughs> I'm the butch one. <laughs> Sometimes I bury the bims too, depending. How do you like my I fuck bims t-shirt? I'm pretty nice. <laughs> Uh, so Michael Keaton, after the house is finished, goes to the in-laws. This is, uh, we got fucking, uh, Colonel Grandpa here in the front lawn with the kids or whatever. Uh, and he's trying, it, again, like, this is the scene where it needs to be, like, you, 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 you uh, uh, Harold Ramis, as the director of this movie, uh, need to be directing Michael Keaton. Like, all right, Michael, you've been exercising your comedy muscles a lot in this movie. This is, like... Turn on the dramatic work here. You have to, you're apologizing yeah. to your wife. You desperately want her to come home, and instead, it really just reads as like, "Will you just fucking get in the car? Yeah, I have something to show you. Will you just get in the fucking car? Just let me finish. <laughs> get in the, you know." And it's just like, again, I'm not feeling shit for this guy. No, no. I mean, and again, Michael Keaton can inspire uh, whatever, like sympathy and empathy and all that stuff. And absolutely, and again, he's great in this movie. They they just don't write this character yeah. well at all. No, it's, no, it's just problems i yes. think the whole cast i enjoy yeah yeah no there's nothing wrong with anyone in this cast it's a horrible script maybe maybe recast julie bowen i don't know <laughs> <laughs> just one man's opinion here no. don't want to no. okay sorry. No. sorry the age gap lover thing is specifically <laughs> what i was referencing when i said that and i love it so yeah it's basically like uh you know come home or whatever she's totally in love with the house of course it looks great it's got to be like a completely different set that they constructed you know kind of yes. kind of a thing um but the house is finished and again just like you can feel the credits you know getting their coat on ready to fucking rev right. up to go on screen and i'm like where is <laughs> harris Eulet. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? But in this scene, we also get him mentioning he's going to start his own contracting company, yes. you know, and it's going to be more relaxed. Like he's not going to be building these soulless condo buildings. He's going to be working on just regular people's houses and have more time at home. Right. Like the work life balance lesson he should have learned without human cloning. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And he doesn't really learn any fucking lesson. He learns that, like, Oh, good. I, I had to go to all of this trouble to make three clones of myself, and that was the only way I finished the home improvement project. That's how I guess they must uh, pay off the clone debt, because he'd be sunk otherwise. If if if, he, <laughs> if Prime sunk. was still like saddled with that debt, he'd be sunk. But they sure. start a pizza place <laughs> to right. get well, rid of the debt this, that they oh have caused. <laughs> this is fucking insane. So the three clones are leaving, right? And they're going to Miami. Yeah, they hit the road and drive to Miami from L.A. And they've opened Three Guys from Nowhere Pizza. Mm -hmm. Isn't yeah. that fun? Also known as Three Guys Without Social Security Numbers. <laughs> also, <laughs> no, also, Harrison Eulen says, like, uh, oh, when he, when he clones the first one, he's like, well, if you just come right here, I'll give you a duplicate identification. So they have Social Security cards, but, but it's all Doug Kenny. Yeah. Which yep. is fun. So get ready for the biggest audit of your life, son. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you own a pizza franchise? Dude, you are totally right, man. No <laughs> shit, right? It's like the sequel to this movie is fucking... Doug Kenny getting thrown in goddamn white collar jail for tax evasion. <laughs> yeah, because gruff uh, fucking Michael Keaton is also like doing some drug running on the side just to of prove course. he's a man. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's a great point. Like, what happens when there's a warrant out for your arrest? 
You know, and maybe oh, sure. he gets extradited to Florida. Oh, what God. If, what if what, what happens when one of these clones dies? Yes. You know, clone number two beats clone number four in the head with or, a hammer. Yeah. I, I, or like they find number two like bloated and full of cocaine in the harbor. They're all going to get sued. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because they fucking stole their logo from Pep Boys. <laughs> You're totally right. You're totally right. I and, thought the same thing. And I don't know if you, you know who runs Pet Boys, but it's not the fucking Boy Scouts. Yeah, they're not clones <laughs> either. They're fucking gruff guys with hitters. They cloned a lot of fucking pipes to hit you with. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like there's just there's so, even in this like because it's like I think it's two is writing to him or something. And he's like, yeah, we opened this business, blah, blah, blah. And it's like everybody's right at home. And it's like. Well, three, well, of course, he does all the cooking, obviously. And then four is the one that's like the delivery guy who also has a paper route. And the joke is like he's throwing pizzas like they're newspapers. That is fucking funny, everybody. That is sure really is. funny. Also, and it's, yeah. Can I just say, these pizzas look like shit. They it do, looks of gross. course. looks disgusting. Yep. Oh, it's pizza in Florida. The fuck do you want? I mean, a smiley face pizza? Get, get the fuck out of my face. If I, if I ever, if I <laughs> ever <laughs> ordered a pepperoni pizza and it fucking came and someone made a smile with the pepperonis, I'm going back. I'm returning that pizza. Well, yeah, exactly. You're like, did you come in this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? What is this? But also, it's just a poor distribution of pepperoni. You uh, want it yes, on every slice. Of Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely going to be slices that are just plain slices because you had to be cute with your pizza construction all the pepperoni is around the rim here like yep. i got a it's a real rim job slice. it's terrible <laughs> speaking of rim jobs we see number two uh macking on the lady oh, oh of course sure. straight dude dude he loves it he loves oh, ladies and i don't know if we mentioned it but the three of them are leaving her fucking house and she sees them and she's like nah y'all i must be just dumb oh, right i'm just stupid you see when you fall back in love kids you see them every everywhere that's that's you know oh how do you know when you're in love when everyone you see reminds you of him no you're looking at three clones lady Uh, you know you know you're in love when you realize you've been fucked by a whole car full of men without your (laughs) consent and you're not all that mad about it y'all jesus i forgot about that stop sign that is so fucking stupid uh, and then the only fucking decent part of this movie is it ends with a song from the specials. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'll take some two-tone at the end of this fucking movie. And there it is. Man, just outrageous, this movie. Insane. Absolutely uh, insane. So uh, all that said and done, I know there's a lot of personal histories with some of us in this movie. Would anybody recommend this movie? It's a light recommend for me. Just it, it's It's super, like... It's all over the place. Like the more you watch it, the more annoyed you get with it when you think about it intellectually, <laughs> even at all. It's kind of a hangover movie for me. If it's just on, it's TV. You kind of get to spend time with four Michael Keatons. It's not the worst place you could be. And yeah, I, I've watched this twice in a week, and I hated it both times. But I wasn't ever like, oh man, I have to watch Multiplicity again. That's that's me. <laughs> right, uh, Chris Cavan. I was definitely like, oh no, I have to watch Multiplicity again. The second time, because I also watched it twice before because of the scheduling screw up. But like, yeah, I essentially feel the same way as Steve. I've watched this too many times to not tell everybody that they, you know, can't see it or shouldn't see it. Like, I watched this a hundred. This this was on all the time in my house. Uh, And, you know, I, I really love Michael Keaton. I think he's great in almost everything he does. Even that dumb fucking Dumbo movie. 
great, fantastic in it. Oh, right. I forgot he's like the <laughs> ringleader or something. He's like in the this, villain, the essentially. Uh, oh, he's the villain. Okay. Uh, but and he's very good in it. Uh, but and like, I, I never got the thing why people don't like Andy McDowell. I think she's really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I've never understood that 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 problem. Uh, and yeah, this is a great cast, and I'll, I'll support. I you know he's gone now, but I support Harold, Harold Ramis all the time. Right, uh, Eric Siska. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to slightly echo what the other guys said. That uh, for me, it is a light recommend. I could definitely see it being a hangover movie situation because it, it's a comedy that's quieter. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you're got a raging headache, you know, with a hangover, I feel like stuff like Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller. Adam Sandler, like right. that's just loud comedy. So sure, this, this is a good like niche for that, and also it's kind of a curio, a watch it. Like it's a weird concept. The poster's killer, by the way. I really enjoy the poster. Great poster, <laughs> so but a little bit misleading though. This poster. You think there's going to be an army of Michael Keaton? That's oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> they like take over the police station and start <laughs> freaking havoc. <laughs> so it's a light recommend. And it will uh, truly be a planet of Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That's what I kill myself, I think. Because I'd just be like, there's a planet of people that are way better than me. Yeah. And it will yeah. truly be a planet of, I want pizza. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, God. I, wa- I watched a Michael Keaton kill my son. <laughs> and now I'm going to kill all of them. <laughs> Somehow it's also John Lithgow with a memory problem in that movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be the one that's a hard pass on this. Uh, I just, I feel like, you know, after all these years of dancing around, watching it all the way through and finally watching it, I just, I have no nostalgic tether to it. I really like Michael Keaton, Andy McDowell, I could take her leave. Although, you know, in later years, she's done some cool shit, but like the fact that you have a cast such as this of all of those actors that we've already mentioned, and you do so little with them. Sure. And, like, as, and we've just sat here, you know, for a, a, a few minutes here coming up with like avenues that this movie Mr. could have gone down. And I just feel like, there's just way too many opportunities here, missed opportunities rather, to fucking say to anyone that they should watch this. Like if you've watched it already, I could already see because I was kind of trashing it on like Letterboxd and Twitter and stuff. There was all the, you know what? It's fucking fine. It's just I got to it, goddamn, twenty five years too late, and I don't care. And just a, it's a hard pass for this you guy. Know, the thing is, Andrew, I think you probably have the right opinion. Yes, I, I, I think you're right. biased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a mean, lot of nostalgia here for me, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just look at the way it treats disabilities and the gay panic of it all. Oh, absolutely. So for yeah. sure, I think it it definitely doesn't hold up, but it, it at some level, it's charming to me. Right, yeah. No, I, I get it. I mean, it's like, but again, you got folks like uh, Oba and BDM and fucking Ann Cusack, Eugene Levy, Mazer, fucking Harris Eulin. You're right. My goodness, just this embarrassment of riches. It's just, and it's a bad script. Oh, yeah. It's just, and it's, you know, it's also was apparently based on a short story by one of the people that also wrote the screenplay. So get the hell what, out of what here. What the guys who wrote Animal House, I feel like? Yes, well, because this was a big, like, National Lampoon, uh, you know, sort of um, alumni movie I in a way. Not, I did not know that. So I, I mean, the, the Doug Kenny reference is very yes, noticeable, yeah, yeah. at least. Um, but it was uh, it was like Chris Miller who wrote, it was one of the writers on uh, Animal House. He also was, uh, oh, you know what? He actually wrote um, another 
Uh, Harold Ramis directed movies. One of the writers on Club Paradise with Robin Williams and oh, uh, Rick Moranis. Terrible. Bad yeah, movie. that that actually might be a solid. Stay tuned. Moranis, Peter O'Toole, Robin Williams, oh, fucking Jimmy Cliff is in that movie. That's how you should have ended this movie. Is really Michael Keaton's house. House, house, Michael Keaton's house. It's the most important part of the movie is Michael Keaton's house. (laughs) Two and three playing who's hiding dick. (laughs) That'd be great, man. Uh, But that is Multiplicity from the year of 1996, directed by the late, great Harold Ramis. If you would like more We Hate Movies, of course, check out patreon.com slash we hate movies. We got a lot of stuff going on in the month of August, even though we are, as of you listening this, uh, you know, time-wise, we are on vacation, uh, as it is. So uh, you can go there. We have the uh, 500th and first episode on uh, Superman 1. That's coming up next week, my friend. That's all right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. We That'll are be up. Taking a little vacation, but the show isn't. You know, next Absolutely. week we've got uh, our 500th episode. That's right. It is happening. And if you are not hip and you did not get the Big Daddy Dispatch, Steve Sadak, take it away. Yeah, next Tuesday we're going to start uh, celebrating 500s a week of episodes, a whole week kind of. Uh, on Tuesday we are releasing a uh, episode on Superman 3 Redux. It's a movie we've done before about nine years ago. We've changed our opinions and our comedic styles since we wanted to give it another shot. And on Thursday we're doing Superman 4 for the same reason. We did both of those, again, nine years ago. A lot has changed. We kind of wanted, it thought it'd be fun to sort of revisit that as kind of a victory lap um and Which, and good thing to clarify steve because i did see some of this floating around on some message boards and twitters and whatnot we're not just we're not just using the opportunity of our 500th episode to replay shit from a decade ago oh no we actually recorded it's all new material yeah. it's an all new show both episodes mm-hmm. run about yep. two hours like they do these days uh yep, right. so yep. And we didn't listen to any of the previous episodes besides our intros. Um, so it's going to be a new experience. The jokes, if they repeat, repeat that's just, um, you know, our that's inner just- brain thing we it was one of our clones did that (laughs) and on uh friday of next week on patreon only we'll be releasing our 501st episode which will be superman the movie uh which we've never done before which is one of my favorite movies period everybody on this show had a really great time with it i it's it's great it's 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 a real great celebration Mm -hmm. of christopher reeve and that movie on the patreon and totally. Animation Damnation this month is on Inspector Gadget because this is kind of a quasi stay tuned month and we somehow never did Inspector Gadget, which is available now. And then also we got Jar Jar Binks coming on the Gleep Glossary. Great, big get for us. And that's not all, folks. We got another Nexus episode recapping TNG and Star Trek, the original series that is coming soon. And speaking of Star Trek, we are going to be re-releasing again a little, the other, an actual re-release of the Star Trek Nemesis commentary that we did years and years ago. Though we had an issue with the hosting site, so that it's not really available anymore. So we wanted to give it to our patrons. Uh, along with their subscription. So we're going to drop that this month on the Patreon feed. That's right. So all of this coming up or has already been released in this month, uh, which has been really, really super great. And we're coming up to the the tail end of the season here. So stick with us through these dark days of summer. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun next week celebrating the big 500. So until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.